Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. My name is Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined, as always, by the KG Cast Lush. Yo, Cass, yo, yo. Man, I am doing excellent. I am very excited. I know I say it every week. I know we both say it every week, but this is going to be a good one. King of the Ring, 1994, against Stomping Grounds, 2019, and 1994 is my era. I'm excited to see who wins in this battle. Oh, uh, yeah. The Ooh. new generation era versus the current era. Let's go. Damn. Let's get it yeah, going. Dude. Yeah, dude. King of the Ring, 1994 versus possibly the sleeper show of the year in Stomping Grounds, but we'll get to that later as well. You know what? Let's kick it right off with the nostalgia. Let's go ahead and jump right into your era, KG Cast. Why don't you just go ahead and take us away? How'd you feel about just the open of the show? What were your feelings like? All the nostalgia flowing through your veins, man. What'd you think? Yeah, I loved it, man. And so they start off, you know, you see the uh, the old school uh, brackets because how they did it back then was not how they did it uh, the most current version of King of the Ring, which has probably been 10 years now, where they would have, uh, you know, leading up to the King of the Ring, they would have the match just to get to the actual King of the Ring match. They did it all in one night. And that was one of the notes I wrote. I missed that, and I think this would be a great time to bring that back, uh, whether it be NXT maybe bringing it back or or, or current, you know, Monday Well, they did, Raw, they did one in like, in like 2014 or 2015. I'm not sure. Somebody and they did us, it that way? But they did. It was a network special. Remember, because Cesaro won King of the Ring. Remember? Like, this yeah, like did maybe, they do all the matches in one night? No, maybe. No. no, I think they did it like a tournament. I think they did it like a tournament, and they did right, like right. like leading up to it. Like, yeah, well, but like I mean, that was, that was, that was like this that. one too, though. I mean, they had like the larger bracket they had, had happened on. I think like superstars or something like that. Right, right. Um, but if you recall, like in the two thousands, they were still doing King of the Ring. But oh yeah, they yeah, yeah. Did everything? They did like everything. Like King of the Ring just meant they did all the brackets on Monday Night Raws and stuff, and then. Yeah. When it came to the actual pay-per-view, that would be the King of the Ring. And um, I just – I miss doing the main brackets all on the same night. I thought that was yeah, really cool. Yeah, that was I cool. Same I people. That. Yeah. And I understand, you know, why you wouldn't because it, people are having – you know, you got to make it interesting. And it's hard to make it interesting when you see Owen Hart three times on the same night, or Razor Ramon three times. You know, it's like you're saying yeah. you're seeing, seeing the same people. But, you know, I think it would be a cool way to switch things up. Maybe not every year, but as a special now that they're doing, you know, kind of these one-off – pay-per-view specials and, and stuff like that um I, I just had that thought and i, I just really missed that i like the classic intro with the graphics and everything and uh, i love seeing gorilla monsoon there um we'll get to our donovan being on that uh commentary team uh, macho man impressed me the whole night but we'll get to that uh but yeah and then it went into bam bam bigelow versus razor Ramon. What, what did you have any thoughts on just the opening before we get into that first match yeah, man. I mean, first of all, it, it was like just seeing the open and hearing Gorilla right off the bat, like just, oh, popped me like so hard. I was like, wow, like this. I feel like this is one of his last shows as like primary had commentary, to too. Had, yeah, to be. had to be. Or maybe he was just filling in for Vince. I feel like Vince was already on the in the booth at this point. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah, man, I mean. Todd Pettengill, like, narrating the Open, too. Like, Todd Pettengill is, like, low-key one of my favorite personalities from, like, the WWF days. Like, I mean, I I loved Livewire. Like, I loved that show. I'd wake up early and not watch Saturday morning cartoons. I would watch Livewire. It came on USA in the morning on Saturdays, and I loved it. Uh, Didn't we all? 
all? Dude, didn't everybody do that? How like how like quote unquote new generation was this show? It was so oh, like and it, when it, when you think about like that era, this was the show that embodied it to me. And of course, you know, with the kickoff and the open, wrestling shows have like notoriously terrible singers sing the national anthem, and then pretty good singers sing America the Beautiful. It's weird. It's like generally they have great performances of America the Beautiful and pretty terrible performances of the Star Spangled Banner. Well, they didn't have America the Beautiful, so it was just a terrible performance of the Star Spangled Banner here. Uh, I did note one thing though. Yeah, everybody had me hype off commentary, and that initial like immediately made me sad because like it's super like super bummed that like literally everybody on commentary is no longer with us and that's like such a bummer i mean i know the show was 20 years ago but still or 25 years ago rather but still you know it, it kind of bummed me out but yeah man let's jump right right into it bam bam versus razor part of the bracket what did you think about bam bam versus razor well talking about commentary art donovan i don't care if he's alive or dead after this show jesus christ that guy i don't even mm, i'll have a couple I'll have some words for him later on and some quotes I wrote down, but let's get back to it. First round of the King of the Ring, you got Bam Bam, the beast from the East, versus the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Bam Bam comes out with the beautiful, luscious Luna Vachon, the one and only. Luna looking gorgeous as always, coming out there. These were two of the greats, man. Uh, Bam Bam looked really good in this match. Uh, He's one of those guys that I've always liked. And there's been times where I've seen him not so great than really great. Well, he was on on this match. They did a great job of making him look strong. He was definitely made to look like a big guy, a big monster. Uh, Both these men, I mean, then I'm talking up Bam Bam, but then you got Razor Ramon. Obviously, I don't need to say it. He's one of the best. They were perfect with their timing, with their chemistry. I mean, everything was great. Then you got that third commentary spot. Art Donovan was just killing it in a bad way. You know, and and Macho has been criticized on his commentary. Macho Man Randy Savage hasn't been thought of as one of the best commentary guys. But I thought if you could have just not had Art Donovan there, Macho Man and Gorilla Monsoon were doing such a job. Art would just chime in with some of the dumbest things you could say. I mean, I just, oh, it killed me. And like I said, I have some quotes that I'll talk about later on in the card on some other matches, but it happened early. You can tell very, very early on was, I know I felt, uh uh-oh, this is bad. And I know Vince or whoever was in gorilla position started started squeezing their butt cheeks there whenever (laughs) Art started asking these questions. Um, This was kind of my wrestling match. Man, this this was it. I know people kind of, if you've been listening from day one or have been listening to a few episodes, you know that uh, I like I like it a little old school. And this was an old school match. Everything meant something. Every punch, every move, every maneuver meant something. Uh, everything made sense. There was some good selling. Uh, the only thing that I could criticize was there was a scary ro- the the end of the match. Um, Bam Bam was on the turnbuckle, and then Razor did a roll-up pin, you know, where he puts his hand under and, and rolls him up, but he's doing it from the turnbuckle. And Bam Bam yeah. really looked like he, like, could have hurt himself really bad. Obviously, I don't think anything happened there, but it was scary. I, I think Bam Bam landed too much on his neck than what they planned. Thankfully, nothing bad happened. 
that was the only, um, not really a critique, but thing that was kind of like, oh man, that could have went really bad. Cause that's not, yeah. that's not something you see even with smaller guys and Bam Bam's a really big guy. Uh, so it was a different kind of pin, a different kind of roll up off the top. Uh, I gave it a B cause it was perfect length because of the kind of show it is. There's going to be multiple matches. There's a lot of matches, a lot of the same people going to be coming out. So that's one of the great things about King of the Ring too. I don't like really long matches, so it's a perfect kind of card for me that they're kind of condensed matches because they're trying to move everything along. I gave it a, a solid B. What did you think about the beast from the East versus the bad guy in round one of the 1994 King of the Ring? Yeah, man. Uh, real quick, by the way, the last King of the Ring was 2015, and it wasn't Cesaro that won. It was... I've got some bad news. It Ooh. was Wade Barrett that actually won it. So sorry about go. that. I had to correct that mistake. But yeah, jumping back into the 94 show uh, and on the top here with Bam Bam and Razor Ramon. I mean, I, you and I both, man, we're both like just huge click marks and like everything backstage about them, uh, the, those specific guys, like all those wrestlers. Uh, it's not that, you know, the majority of them weren't the best wrestlers in the world, honestly, but the majority of them were stars and Razor Ramon is a star. And there's a reason why. Uh, I mean, he was a great, he was a pretty good worker too. Not the best, but a psychology made up for any like uh, maybe athletic deficit he may have had. He was just really smart. And you could, this, this is the kind of match that really shows it. Cause there, to me, this was very much big man wrestling, but it was interesting because of the, who was doing it. It was interesting because, of who was selling and who was, you know, it was the facial expressions. It was like the emotion and honestly, the commentary, the commentary did a great job carrying a lot of these rest holds. Um, and it, it made for a great match for me. I mean, there was, there was a, like a top rope bulldog spot that was pretty rough. Uh, but the rest of the match was super solid, man. I mean, for 1994, this is a great match. Uh, the long, the really long torture rack spot that really weighed on me. At that moment, that was when I really wanted to pick up my phone and like just you know surf on Instagram or, or whatever. So that that that's the only kind of that that whole spot should have been a little bit shorter. Um, the back suplex out of it was awesome and like really solid spots leading to the finish too. Uh, and then you know like you said, Razor goes over after that roll up off the top rope. Uh, I ended up giving the match two and a half stars, so it was like a C plus to a B. Uh, you know, not a not a, sure. not a great match. Uh, again, like, you know, that top row, that top row bulldog botch really messed it up because that would have been a great if it would have landed great. And the torture rack spot just felt a little too long. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I, I gave it I gave it a B or, or you know, C plus at least. Sure, but sure. But that, that's, that's going to take us over to the very top of stomping grounds. And we're actually going to kick this one off with the pre-show match. Uh, I know we didn't we don't normally cover pre-show matches, but man, this one was just too damn good to pass up. Uh, opening the show. There's not I mean. I just want to jump right bit right into the match. Do you want to talk about the open of the show at no, all? The yeah, go. No, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, they didn't do much to open it. I mean, yeah, let's go right to the match. Okay, cool. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, we uh, we start we start the show off here with uh, Akira Tozawa versus Drew Gulak versus the champion Tony Nese for the cruiserweight title. Now, I have been hype on the 205 live roster. Uh, if you guys have listened to our archives, and I encourage you to do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or where wherever else, 
but I've always been endorsing the 205 Live brand, and I've wanted them to be on a main show for a very long time. Well, they got on a main show, I want to say two shows ago, and they just pooped the bed. It wasn't good. It was a bad show. And I said, you know what? Now we're going to have to deal with all these matches back on the pre-show again. And here we are, and this match is on the pre-show. But you know what? I think they knew that they pooped the bed. And they were like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to put some eyeballs on this. Uh, this is kind of a down show, too, so they're going to give us some time uh, because Stomping Grounds wasn't really ramped up to be a, a huge show. Uh, and, man, the last, time, the last time I saw a match this good, it's been a while. I want to say like it's been I want to say at least TakeOver 25, at, at least it's been at least a couple shows. Uh, I mean, the Rollins, obviously the Rollins-Styles match, but at least, uh, let me say this. It's been a long time since I've seen a 205 live match this good. Um, man, it, w- it was really good. I mean, Nice was back in his game. He looked re- he looked like he took that last match to heart and like it was back training. His, his in-ring cardio was up. None of these guys seemed gassed. Uh, Gulak suplexing Tozawa into a prone niece on the second rope was something that I had literally never seen before in an indie show or anywhere. So, I mean, that, that's why I rated this, this match so high. I mean, they, there were two or three spots that they did that I have literally never seen ever, not on the indies, like at all. And I highly encourage you guys, like, even if you don't want to watch stomping rounds, the last 15 minutes of the pre-show that you can easily find on the network is just this one match, and it's absolutely phenomenal. I love that they they almost used, like, you know, it's a triple threat. So Drew Gulak at one point used Akira Tozawa as a weapon against Tony Nese. Like, I've never seen that before. Like, they used it, like, threw him at him like a weapon. Like, not like like a design spot. Like, it, it, it just, it looked really, really, really cool to me. Uh, I mean... I lo- it was wow. I wrote wow three times at the end of the match. Uh, and Gulak went over with a tor- torture rack into the neck breaker, so it's a new champ, too. Like, I gave this match four stars, so pretty much an A-plus from me. Uh, what did you think about wow. Tozawa, Gulak, and Nice? Uh, not so much that high of a praise, but, you, you know, well, let's, let me start from the beginning. The, the, the start of the match, I thought, was very choreographed, it felt like it was starting to get spot after spot. Now that was just, I'm talking about very, 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 very quick into the match. I was like, okay, this right. is, and then I'm like, okay, it's going to be a choreographed match. But then I didn't think it until you just said it. It was almost like they knew what happened last time. And you can almost tell there was just this moment where they, I didn't see them whisper or anything like that, but I'm just, you know, figuratively speaking, just, you know, somebody was like, Hey, slow down. Let's just slow down, slow down. They slowed down. Maybe that's how they planned it. It slowed down and got so much better. It started, you know, they started really, you know, putting it in there and, and getting physical. Good like selling. I said, yeah. yeah, good. They slowed down. It didn't, you know, there's no feeding into each other. It didn't look choreographed. And uh, I don't know how else to say it. It just slowed down and became better. Um, and yeah. when I say the beginning, I mean like the first like less than five minutes is that that when I thought it was I started writing, OK, this is choreographed. There's just, it was spot after spot because they did a couple quick spots right there in the very beginning. They started going really fast because it's cruiserweights and that's what you do. I understand that. But then they did a good job of kind of bringing it back. And I like that. Like you said, they did some creative stuff. Uh, there was a, a Taizawa, uh, to, Tozawa, Tozawa did a Sintom out of nowhere and it looked like it really hurt and that was cool um after 1994 i I guess 
kind of that. So watching 1994 and then this kind of took away from it a little bit because I think the wrestling in 1994 was just so much better than this whole card in 2019. And we'll get to that. Uh, the finish. I didn't like that, that finishing move that he used the dangerous move with his head tucked up under and all that. And I don't know. The match wasn't terrible. Wasn't an a plus in my book. I gave it a C plus. It was definitely passable. It was definitely a good match. Not the best thing I've ever seen, but it was good. It was, it was, I don't know what my other grades were for the 205 matches, but I'm sure they went to, they weren't C pluses. So, so, so far you're, you're going 94 then on this one. On this one, I'm definitely going 94 on this match, but things, um, stick around folks. Don't, don't think that I'm just going to, I know I, I, was a little teaser, but I definitely, I mean, on this one, again, I loved Razor and I love Bam Bam, but I think if you do that match, that exact same match in 2019, it's getting booed out of the building. It, I think it would be oh, stinking no. out of the abs, out of the crazy. building. It'd be, crazy. It would be terrible. Um, but yeah, yeah, today I, I'm, I'm definitely going with 2019. I think that, that triple threat definitely beat Razor and Bam Bam, in my opinion. Uh, so we're split decision here so far. Let's uh, let's go ahead and hop back over to 1994. Uh, man, it's just... It, I, I will say, though, again, like... My nostalgia feels are very big right now, too. And um, this match, I will say, though, did absolutely nothing to curtail me to want to watch any more of this show. Uh, after this, I was like, you know what? I was feeling good after Razor and, and Bam Bam. I was like, all right, you know, this show might, might, might start to pick up. And then this match happened, and I was like, uh, I think I kind of regret this decision of choosing this show because it was IRS versus Mabel. And I feel like it's kind of like with our WrestleMania 10 breakdown when we did that one. It was like we had Owen versus Brett, and I'm pretty sure the next match after that was like Doink and Dink versus Luna and Bam Bam. And that's yeah, almost correct. exactly how I felt about this, where it was like the first match was pretty good. It was Bam Bam and Razor. It was nowhere near Owen and Brett, but it was pretty good. It was very a little bit more gimmicky, more big man style, but it was good. And then you go to IRS versus Mabel, and this is just all gimmick, all guys yelling at the crowd, and you know Mabel stomping his foot and clapping his hands and being the baby face, and it was just... I mean, the, the match was solely about entertaining and not about wrestling at all. And I feel like those matches don't really work unless they're actual comedy matches. Those those matches do work in comedy, I feel like. But if it's not supposed to be funny and you're just entertaining without the actual technical skill and the actual wrestling part in there, it's just not good. And and that's, that's what it was here for me. Uh, it felt longer than the opener and certainly was way worse. Um, IRS you know, went over after a wobbly fall from Mabel, which is just trash to me. Uh, and, you know, holding the ropes for the pin. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't into that at all. I gave it half a star. Uh, I, I don't even know why I gave it half a star. It was probably a dud, but I gave it half a star because I was being nice. What did you think about IRS versus Mabel? Well, I could tell you from the get go, you know, this is another round one match for the King of the Ring. And, like I said, from the get-go, seeing that it's IRS versus Mabel, uh, my expectations were not high. I've never seen Irwin have a great match in the World Wrestling Federation, um, nor have I seen Mabel have a, a, a great match. So uh, why book this was my I thought. Agree. You know, there's so many different people in this King of the Ring and in on, on the roster in general, not even in the King of the Ring, because you could really put whoever you want when you're booking this. Um, so to speak, Dude, not if, whoever. If you, but why, why would you put two terrible workers? If you swap Mabel with Razor, 
And so if you had like if you had the show open up with two huge guys like Bam Bam versus Mabel, and then this this match was IRS versus Razor, that would have been a way better match. And Bam Bam's great. Bam Bam could have did something. Could have carried Mabel Mabel a little bit better. And and IRS could handle a a guy more his size. He's a good wrestler. He's a great wrestler. Mike Rotunda is a great wrestler. Well, him in that IRS character never no, did anything. That was, yeah, yeah, he was terrible. Well, yeah, his yeah. Best and he never did anything day. great with it. I mean, he yeah. it, just because it's a terrible gimmick, you know, he never even I, he's never impressed me with that gimmick. You know what he's done elsewhere, I don't know, but um, yeah, Razor and him could have definitely maybe not tear the house down, but Razor's great. I think Razor's top notch. He could have done something. And yeah. so yeah, that that was kind of my first thought. Just Right off the bat, these two guys, you kind of know it's not going to be great. I was hoping they would they would um, impress me, uh, but they didn't. Uh, like you said, IR, IRS knocked Mabel off the ropes, then held, held on to the ropes for the pin. It was short, nothing special, got the job done. I gave it a D. Um, yeah. uh, and then again, Art, Art Donovan was spewing out just some terrible commentary this whole match and yeah. again was just commentary uh, heard it too yeah it was killing me man i was and macho was doing such a great job and he gets criticized so much it was like this was this was almost like the best i've ever heard macho man at commentary and it sucks because that's what maybe frustrated me more because i've seen the macho man randy savage struggle in commentary even wrestlemania 9 at caesar palace he didn't do the greatest job and he gets criticized I think people will always reference that, which he didn't even do that terrible. He gets he gets judged just to talk about his commentary a little bit because I think he did such a great job on this show. I think he gets judged on a higher standard because he is the Macho Man. He's one of the greatest of all time. He's in my top five. He's in my Mount oh, Rushmore. Oh yeah, definitely. Macho Man Randy Savage. Hundred percent top five for me. Yeah. Before before Shawn Michaels for me was Macho Man. Yes. That's it. Hundred percent. I agree. Man. And Shawn Michaels and then The Undertaker. So, I mean, I think he gets judged way more. And you see it. I don't think he even did a good job. or uh, I don't even think he did a bad job in WrestleMania 9. But I know a lot of people, um, they just criticize a lot of his commentary. And I, I, I thought to, this one was great. And it really sucked that you had Art Donovan just kind of being condescending towards professional wrestling. And then he would try not to be. But anyway, um, yeah, I gave it a D. I gave it a D. What's uh, What do we got on the uh, stomping ground side? Yeah, so we'll jump back over to the uh, the current product, man. And we're going to be talking about Lacey Evans uh, versus the man, mm. Becky Lynch, for the Raw Women's Championship. Oh, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to dive right in, man. Uh, honestly, I feel like that Cruiserweight match set the tone. Uh, and it's a good one. Uh, it, it was a much slower match, uh, you know, obviously, than, than that triple threat match. Uh, but it did feel fluid. Uh, Lacey looked be- a, a lot better in this match, but there were still some glaring spots that she missed. Uh, but I do feel like Becky did a fantastic job of covering a lot of that up. Uh, the tempo was good. Uh, and this is obviously kind of a, like a placeholder angle. Uh, but it seems to be giving Evans a big rub. And it is also kind of helping establish Lynch as a long-term fighting champion, uh, which is great. So overall, I don't mind this angle. We'll get to what this angle was turning into. But at this point in the show, uh, I, I, I'm actually enjoying this. I felt Again, I felt like Lynch just did a great job of, of carrying her in this match, which she did definitely carry her. I think Becky, I think Lacey Evans after this angle could definitely go back to NXT and use a little bit more seasoning in my opinion, just on the in ring. I think her gimmick's great. 
I think she delivers promos really well, uh, better than a lot of the women do, in my opinion. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it did lose its pacing towards the last few minutes of the match. It made it feel a little long, uh, and it was a little long, honestly. But Becky went over with the, with the disarmor, and if, if the match was about three minutes shorter, it would have gotten a significantly better rating for me. But the dragging at the end, and that's kind of like the, you know, when I say the end, I don't just mean the finish. I mean, the last, like, two minutes of the match, two solid minutes were just really slow. Uh, So I ended up giving this match two and a half stars, uh, which would have been about a C, C plus to a B. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Man, oh, man. What did you think about Lacey Evans versus Becky Lynch? We are on total, we are on opposite sides on this one, my friend, I think Lacey Evans doesn't need to go back to NXT. I think Lacey Evans is here and she's here to stay. And Becky Lynch, like I say every week is just so over. It's incredible. And she's staying over and she's amazing. She was chewing gum, a little throwback to HBK and some of the other greats. She had that cocky baby face thing going where, you know, she's cocky, but she's still a baby face. And then you had the white hot heel Lacey Evans. Oh man. Lacey is green. She is green, but she was born to be a heel. And it was amazing. Uh, There's every time I see Lacey though, and I see her promos and everything, I I might've said this already, but is it just me or does she seem like that's a Vince McMahon project? Like for some reason, I just see Vince. This is Vince's idea. She got called up way too early. Vince was like, I need her. I need her on the main roster today, damn it. Today. Every time she comes back, he puts his arm around her and he walks away with her. Everybody's jealous. The guys are jealous. Everybody's jealous. Bruce is even jealous. He's like, what is is going on? Everybody's so jealous because Vince is just infatuated with Lacey Evans. I have no idea, obviously. By Lacey Evans over there. Oh, yeah. He cucked, man. Uh, uh, hands down, dude. Uh, I just feel that. It's hilarious. Man, I thought this was a slower-paced match uh, than the first Cruiserweight match, even though the Cruiserweight match did slow down. I thought it was slower, and it was more physical. They were both just, just hitting each other and get, getting their shots in there, man. I liked that. It was it was way more so than the pre-match. There was a spot where they, they uh, Lacey was pulling her hair on the. She had her in a turnbuckle and a scorpion type move where she'd pull her hair and and uh, almost like a bow and arrow. I don't know what you call that. And it looked. She was really pulling that hair. I know. I mean, it looked like it hurt. It looked good. There was great selling. Man, this match. Everything about it was just 10 times better than the cruiserweight match that started the show. There was more selling. It was more physical. I mean, and then Lacey was such a good hill. I feel like I'm rambling. I'm, I'm getting flustered because this was such a great match. And I call him as I see it. And Daniel, get ready. I gave this match an A. What? I gave it. An a. This was one of the best female matches, female matches I've seen in a long time. The, the, how much of a heel Lacey was, how much of a babyface Becky was, how great they were, their chemistry together. Everything was great. The the moves on the outside that they did, I just loved it. There was something about it. It was physical. The psychology was good, and there was heat. I don't know how you don't give this match an A. I really don't. I really don't know how not everybody's thinking this was one of the best female matches of the year. That's wow. just me. That's just me. I'm going A. And then I'm also going Battleground. Over 94. Zombie ground? 
or yeah, stomping ground, battleground, <laughs> stomping ground. Well, it's a battleground. What I meant to say was this match was like a battleground because of how hard that. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, stomping ground over 1994 King of the Ring. Obviously, IRS Mabel was was pretty trash. So uh, I think we both, even though you didn't give Lacey and Becky an A. I think we're both going stomping ground over. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I again, I enjoyed the match, but I've seen better yeah. matches from Becky for sure. Um, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the match. Uh, but, yeah, let's let's go back over and let's, let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, one of the best matches on this card, in my opinion. It was Tatanka yeah. versus Owen Hart. And Tatanka in his prime, for sure. Um, man, it was super hot right from the jump. Uh, and I even wrote this down. It might be match of the night because I take notes as I'm watching the show, as I'm watching the match because I want to have my genuine mm-hmm. reactions, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, I literally wrote second line like might be match of the night. Tatanka got really good shine early on, and Owen cut him off with an eye rake like a really good heel should. He should do something cheap to stop to get an advantage. That's that's the way it should work. It shouldn't just be like a knee to the gut and, a, and like a fight. Like if you're the heel man, you should take the cheap way out every single time every if you want to be a real heel and not a cool heel if you want to be a real heel and want people to actually hate you do the cheap thing that people are going to hate every single time just do that like and that's what i wrote here man just solid exchange back and forth you know i've I said it before owen hart is the the single greatest whiny heel of all time the whiny heel he's the best he's the best he's the best heel yeah he's the best period uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Ric Flair is the greatest heel of all time overall, but he's a cocky heel. It's very different. Yeah. It's a very different play. It's a very different play. Uh, but yeah, solid exchange back and forth. Uh, you know why these matches work now? Or you know why they don't work now? Is because we suck. Like, the fans. We suck as fans. Because there are podcasts about this that two fans are making. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is why it sucks. Because the fans were so into it. It wasn't – they just, everyone in that building was suspending disbelief. They weren't marks there to critique mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, everyone was there – like, they were there to go see the, the Ringling Brothers. They were there like they were going to see a rock show. They, they, they weren't sitting there and dissecting, oh, I don't like the bridge part there. They should they should have gone to a B minor instead of the E. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, like it, it's things like, – it's like musicians breaking down songs. It's like after a while when you're a real musician and you love music so much, you can't just turn on the radio and listen to a brand new song from an artist and feel it the way you did when you were a kid or the way you – when you were, like, really absorbing music because you know so much – much more about it you're obsessed with it because you create it too or you want to be in that world or whatever uh, i mean the same thing we're encompassed by pro wrestling because of this generation you know what i mean like i was mm-hmm. 10 years old when this came out uh i i loved it and like th- the reason why these ma- this match would not work today is because fans are all mar- we're all they're all marks everybody that goes to these big shows are like you and me you know what i mean like there's not people that just i mean oh i would say over the age of 14 you know, there's not people that, that that go over the age of 14 that that don't that aren't that aren't there just to suspend their disbelief and be entertained by characters. You know what I mean? But this match to me really was amazing because they entertained the crowd as entertainers, as professional wrestlers, carnival style at the highest level, in my opinion. And it was, you know, kayfabe. I mean, we put it in the name of this show, but like the fact that we don't have kayfabe really sucks. Like even if 
Like, it, I think that if, like, AEW wants to get ahead, they should act, they should be like kayfabe exists. On Twitter, on Instagram, if you have an angle going, it's always on. If you want to have a personal Facebook just for your friends, then you have one just for your friends. But if you have a, if you're... If your Twitter and your Instagram are advertised because of your wrestling persona, then that is what your social media should be only. The angles that you're in, like, kayfabe can still work. I mean, because even even when it was happening, the majority of people watching wrestling knew it was fake, but they suspended disbelief because it was portrayed like it wasn't. I mean, we had we had a tax collector, for God's sake, on this show. Men on a mission. It's obvious that this is not real. But they man like it was real. You know what I mean? Hey, you don't see, like, Repo Man, Repo Man really did. I have a cousin in Louisiana. <laughs> Repo Man stole his truck. I'm gonna be honest. So I've never liked him. And then actually, I used to live in Jolton, Tennessee. Uh, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy actually took my trash every morning. So he was my trash guy. Get so, uh, anyway, yeah. But let me let me finish up here. I'm sorry I okay, got off sorry, weeks, sorry, but I just sorry. got off on my tangent, man. That's why I feel like these. That's why I feel like these matches don't work today. And don't get me wrong, I love the new style. I do. I love these matches. Overall, I mean, I would say for the most part, leading up to these shows, I've sided with the newer stuff the majority of the time. Uh, but this was, it just, it really pulled at my heartstrings, this match specifically, because these are, I mean, if you look at them in the ring, they're bright colors and they're very 90s, very out there wrestling. You know what I mean? Like WWF pro wrestling. But it was... It was just so good, man. I, I couldn't say enough good things about it. I gave it four stars. I gave it an A, you know, a, a almost to an A plus. I mean, I loved the match. I thought that, you know, Owen just did such a great job of the quick pin spot. And like the finish was great because it, you know, he, he almost put Tatanka over by winning. You know what I mean? It, it was just, mm-hmm. Owen was just so good that it was, it made sense. God, I can't say enough. So I'm going to stop rambling. What did you think about Tatanka versus Owen Hart, man? Man, one quick comment about the whole kayfabe thing. I, I do want to say, um, in this generation, what uh, it's better now than ever. To, you have you have the advantage of social media to have kayfabe. I mean, it would help you. I don't see why you wouldn't do it. It's almost better. Yeah. It's easier now. You could do it easier. You can make it more real and swerve people. Bro, bro, you could swerve them, bro, with the use of Facebook and Twitter. Um, but anyway, the rocket Owen Hart, mm-hmm. my favorite version of the rocket. This was, man, I might be a little, I'm, uh, I don't know. I just, this Tatanka too. Tatanka was one of my favorites. I don't know why, uh, Tatanka is not many people's favorites, but cause you were like man, eight. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, Hey, it was, this was amazing. I, I mean, I love Tatanka and Owen. I've always been such a, a huge fan of Owen and the rocket Owen was my favorite version. Yeah. And that's King, this, King this of Hearts, which was immediately after right? this, was, was we'll fantastic too. Yeah, we'll get there. I mean, this show is the birth of the King of Hearts. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah. The Rocket Owen was was just uh, I loved it. Um, I just always loved to watch Owen Hart. Uh, and like I'm just gonna I'm gonna probably mark out just as much as as you here. I, I'll try not to go. Uh, you've said a lot there that Sorry. I mean there was there, there was <laughs> but that's good that's good. You, you saved. I mean there's that means there's not much more for me to say. But I will say there was some things like Owen Hart's bump whenever Tatanka was just Tatanka was on the outside of the ring. Owen Hart's on the inside of the ring. How many times have you seen a wrestler grab dude by the ankles? 
pull him and drag him to the outside of the ring. Owen Hart took the biggest bump. It was like he was getting choke slammed by Andre the Giant. But all it was was Tatanka grabbing his ankles and pulling him to the outside of the ring. I mean, Owen just slammed so good, down. Man. So it good. was so good. And that's when I was like, this is why. This is why he was amazing. And it's sad that we lost him so soon because he was just so freaking yeah, great, know. man. Tatanka looked really good too, man. Tatanka had his points where his point in life where he got overweight and it was real soon into his WWF career. Yeah. But this was still when he was looking good, jacked up, stocky, and he was able to move and he was able to to get, you know, go when he was nice and roided up. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Whenever he then he stopped and it just turned into mush or whatever. But this still looked good. This was a physical match. Both men were physical. They were just potatoing the hell out of each other in a good way, giving back receipts. I mean, it was just this is what I like. This I think this match would hold up. I think I think uh, the the Diesel match would have held. I know you said it wouldn't have held up. I think these matches would oh, hold that up. That match because, is trash. Man, these are not. Oh no, not Diesel. I'm sorry. Other oh, oh the Razor, the Razor match. Razor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Razor. What I'm talking about. Razor match, man. They were because they were giving it to each other. Man, it was physical. These elbows they were giving, these punches, they looked real. Even to me, it looked like they were hitting each other. They had to have been hitting each other a little bit. I just kept thinking, why can't wrestling be like this anymore? It was classic. You know, then you got, oh man, I was marking out about Tatanka doing the dance. And it was kind of like the Hulk Hogan, um, also Ultimate Warrior gimmick thing where you get hit and you keep going. And it was the war, they call it the war dance. And he would keep getting hit and he would keep oh, dancing. Oh, yeah, the around. Hogan spot. Yeah, yeah, Hogan, and then Hogan, yeah. Ultimate Warrior did it as well. You yeah, know, where know. Ultimate Warrior would start, you know, I don't know, warring it up. I don't know, hulking up. But yeah, I just call it hulking up. I mean, that's yeah, all hulking up. Yeah, yeah, they keep it. Yeah, and I, but I've always thought that Tatanka was the only other person that. I mean, Tatanka's version of it is so cool, man, because he's. Yeah, I agree. Because he starts doing the the Native American dance in it, and Especially it makes sense. For this time, yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense, and Hogan's not there. It's been about you know five, six years since somebody's done that. I mean, I don't know. And then he does the tomahawk chops. And then he did a beautiful DDT. And Owen selling that DDT was amazing. I mean, the little... The re, the way a match can gets an A or should get an A or a five-star or a four-star maybe, you know, is, is things like the little things. The little things like Owen taking these bumps. The little things like Owen selling the DDT and how Tatanka gave him the DDT. Uh, little things like that. There was a power slam. Owen kicks out. Owen blocks a sunset flip. And then he turns it into a sit-down pin, which is kind of a classic Owen thing. You see that at, at WrestleMania 10 when he beats his brother Brett. It's kind of it, it's just a, a a great way, a great way to finish. It's kind of showing yeah. that Owen, you never know when he can steal it. And it to me, it builds Owen. I don't know how Owen didn't become main eventer at any point that dude i dare, you know, I dare say that a, a, another true heel like you don't have a finish mm-hmm. you don't have a you don't have a move yeah. that's gonna pop the crowd you don't have a finish you roll yeah. up you use shoot tactics see, that's how you win you, you are literally there to be hated period and he knew how to be a heel he did it perfect i gave it an yeah. a yeah I, Barry, I don't i think you gave it an a as well i give it yeah. an a 
I don't know how you don't give this match an A. What a what a match. What a uh, a gym, a hidden gym. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was like it encompassed everything good about this era. You know, like you know the cool gimmicks that we like. You know, the Undertaker gimmicks around this time, like Diesel, Razor Ramon, Bam Bam, all those guys that had like all, that had like the vignettes like leading up to them. You know, those old mm-hmm. vignette packages, which were great. Speaking of vignettes, uh, jumping back over to the new show, I do like the idea of using vignettes again. Uh, but the Ali one just did, it felt a little too cheesy for me. There was like this vignettes with like Ali here and he like, you I know, like just cured some woman of alcoholism by a look in a hoodie, you know, like it was just a little too cheese yeah. for me. Very Bruce Pritchard, very Bruce Pritchard. Um, you know, if um, that wasn't Bruce Pritchard, well, well I'm know. canceling the, you know, you, you know, you know. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I like the idea, I, and and you know mo- there was more story there, and they they did a good job of kind of building, trying to build anticipation for the Baron huh? Seth Rollins match. Uh, but yeah, th- so we'll do, we'll jump over to match number three, uh, the comparison here, which is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the New Day of Xavier Woods and Big E. Man, uh, it was a hot brawling, just like right right out of the out of the gate. Uh, and Owens and Zayn took control, and I really like what they did in the open of the match, just trying to, like, hit him with finishes right off the bat, and, like, it was a really cool tactic that I hadn't seen in a while, and I haven't, especially haven't seen with those type of high-impact moves right off, you know, off the bat. Uh, it was almost like an old-school Hollywood Blonde style. I remember seeing them, uh, I want to say it was 92 or 93, wrestle Arn Anderson and Ric Flair uh, on a Saturday night's main event, and it were, uh, or Saturday, just WCW Saturday night. And I remember, I remember specifically like them just knocking Arn off the apron and just trying to hit Flair with a bunch of finishes and like, like pin, pin, pin. And they'd like, just get real frustrated and like, keep looking over to see if, if Arn was back on the, on the apron yet, you know, it, it was a really cool thing. And I felt like New Day did, you know, like, or I mean, Owens and Zane did a really good job of mimicking that but for this style like big frog splash and blue thunder bomb and like big big matches that you know big or big moves that you've seen them use in other matches as finishes um i, I loved it i love the pouring on the heat uh and the cool thing is the commentary used that you know e you know big e coming back from injury still might not be at 100 percent. and i know that at one time they were saying that e was going to be out for like a year so the fact that he's in this wrestling match now it's like wow like is he out there is, you know, could they just go over quick? Are they just doing this to keep him on TV? You know what I mean? I feel like they, they, they kind of like, they use kayfabe to their advantage in that situation. They use real life to make me suspend my disbelief for, for a split second, which was cool. Um, I felt like the pacing was great and it, it never really started. It didn't really start to drag. Um, it was short and sweet for the most part, in my opinion, and I, I love that Owens is using the stunner now. I love it. I love that, that Kevin Owens is using the Stone Cold Stunner. I'm just going to say it. I think he does they a great job. They talked about it on, on yeah. the Austin's podcast about yeah. how to do it. Yeah. That's and so he's like, cool. and, that's what he, and that's what he said. He's like, I told him. He was like, I don't care if you use the stunner, but if you do it, it's a one, two, three. Don't use it as a high spot. And he was like, okay. Like, he was like, and I think Owens said, he said, well, damn. Like, did he just tell me I can have this finish? Like, that, yeah. that finish? Like, and he was like, if he said that I could have his finish, I'm taking his finish. Like, and so, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Like, 
Uh, and Woods sold it really well. I feel like there's so many guys that are like pumped to sell the stunner because they grew up yeah. watching Stone Cold. And now they're wrestlers. They're like, oh, I'd love to take a stunner. But they can't. So now they have Owens and they're like, oh, I feel like it's going to be cool. We're going to start seeing a lot more of those cool stunner cells again, which is a high, was a highlight of the Attitude Area, in my opinion. Uh, oh, but yeah. yeah, man, I gave this match three and a half stars. So, you know, B, a B to a B plus, somewhere around in there. Um, what did you think about KO and Zayn versus the New Day? Man, the fact that the New Day, they're still going. I mean, four years probably. Uh, it's been that long, and they're still over. It's amazing. It's been five or six years. Yeah, maybe five or six years. I'm, yeah, I'm bad I, at. I, doing... I know that New Day was around when CM Punk was still wrestling. So, oh, I don't. Man, are you sure? Long time. I'm positive. I'm 100% positive. I remember, I'll tell you a quick little tidbit. I was living in Louisiana whenever the New Day first started when they had that more of the religious gimmick and they'd come out and they had different music. I mean, it was a total different gimmick, but they were called the New Day, right? I remember I was watching it and I was watching it with Megan, my significant other, and I... She, you know, she had nothing else to do, so she was asking questions, and we were talking about the product, and she was talking, and they came out for the first time, and I was watching, and I was watching Monday Night Raw every week, and I looked at her, and I said, like, I, because I thought, you know, I'm, I've been watching wrestling for so long, you know, I'm, I pretty much could run, could run WWE, I mean, I know everything, I looked at her, I said, see, <laughs> like, these, these, these three guys, this will never work, they'll <laughs> never be a thing, like, I, and I talked and talked and talked about it. And then she still will be like, hey, remember when you said that those guys? Because she'll walk in and they're always <laughs> on TV. She'll be like, hey, remember whenever you said those three guys? I'm like, yeah. And then she'll uh, be like, so, and, then, and now you have a podcast where you give your opinion on wrestling? I'm sure that's great. I'm like, yeah, I give great opinions. So now you guys know that my opinions mean something, damn it. Dude, shout out to Megan Gasser. I know she's probably <laughs> the only female downloading this podcast. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> she is, too. All right. Um, man, but I love KO. Sammy is way better as a heel. Uh, I was worried about yeah, him, man. He seemed like he was... He was he was this is this was his last hope, obviously, uh, to, to make it. And it's working, I hope. I thought it was a it was it turned into an actual good classic. It was like a classic old school old school tag match where you know they were waiting for the hot tag and all that and all that good stuff. Uh, I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a fun good match. Uh, I didn't think it was special. I thought there was some boring parts. I didn't think it was too long, though. I gave it just a middle-of-the-road C. I don't even remember what you said, but I gave it a C. I mean, what did oh, you say? I think I gave it like a B or a B+. Plus. Uh, B? Yeah. I, I mean, gave it three and a half stars, so I gave it a B. I gave it it a B. was good, yeah. I mean, I agree with what you said, man. I mean... Um, but either way, I mean, you know, going up against... special. Going up it against Owen wasn't. and Tatanka. Right. Like, I mean, we right. got it. We got to lean back towards the nostalgia, yeah. so... Uh, and you know what? Let's just keep let's just keep it rolling along. Then let's keep it rolling along with the nostalgia. Um, next up, we had J E double F, J A double R, E double T, Jeff Jarrett versus. So glad you got that right. <laughs> Why would I not get it right? Come on now. He's <laughs> from Hendersonville, Tennessee. My stomping grounds, brother. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Versus the one, two, three kid. 
Mr. Six or Sean Waltman or X-Pac. But yeah, uh, this one was not so much for me, honestly. Uh, It seemed a lot more hokey, especially Double J. I mean, you can say that he's a Hall of Famer, but... And I know... I feel like he's in the Hall of Fame for what he's done for the wrestling business, but I feel like his in-ring work is subpar at best. Um, What? I, I don't think he's a good wrestler. I just don't. And 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 I've 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 actually met the guy a handful of times. He's a very nice guy, uh, but he's he's just not he's not he's just not that great in the ring to me. Uh, now, can he have a great match? Can he be carried to a great match? Yes, absolutely. You know, it, you put him in the ring with a guy like uh, you know Sean. I'm sure he'd have a great match. If you put him in the ring, you know, with a guy like AJ and TNA, yeah, he had some really good matches with AJ and TNA. Like. Or, or Kurt Angle, of course, sure, yeah, of course he can he can hold his own. He's a he's a he's wrestling is in his blood. He is a wrestler, but I don't think that he is creative enough to think up innovate like keep me engaged innovatively. Does he know the basics? Yes, absolutely. But is he creative enough on his own to be a main event talent, in my opinion, or a Hall of Famer? Not at all. Um, but that's just me. Uh, I mean. It was kind of cool to see pile drivers in a match again, though. Like, it kind of popped me. And and now that I see them, it's kind of silly that they're banned. Like, because it's not really like it's not even a dangerous move. You know what I mean? Like, if if you if you know as long as you're an actual trained wrestler, the pile driver is not any more dangerous than these big spike DDTs that guys are doing, or like you know getting suplex, you know German suplex on the back of your head. It's not any more, you know more dangerous than those moves. So I, I vote to bring pile drivers back. I, I hope AEW takes that initiative and lets their guys do them. I think they're way cooler. I mean, Pentagon does a cradle pile driver that I'm pretty sure he did at AEW. So hopefully they keep that trend going. Cause that's, that's cool. I like pile drivers. I'm a big fan of them. Big Mark for them. Uh, I thought it was written well, but it was just really short. And double J was just so hokey that I gave the match one and a half stars. Uh, but again, I did like the writing. I like that they like let, you know, added to the story of the bracket and made, you know, made you worry about if, if, you know, kid was going to be able to continue or whatever, but yeah, I gave it one and a half stars. So like D plus to a C minus, I'd say. Okay. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I will touch base on your power driver. Power. You hear that power? Is that (laughs) a power driver? Power driver. I I, I told you I was going to write that song. I told you. Yeah, I know. And I'm so glad you brought up, brought up the power driver because (laughs) When I when I want to, my thoughts on the power driver is that you know the so here it's it's the power driver so you got to have power and you got to have some drive right <laughs> you put it together and you power drive that some b down to the ground no all right um, hey no but in all honestly in all honesty um, the piled pile driver um, I think WWE's uh, stance on it right now is good i actually like it only give it to people that you can trust i mean sean sean was uh, it, it was banned whenever sean was there the the all the way up till sean retired but sean was always doing a pile driver on the steel steps he did nah. it so many times even did the undertaker at wrestlemania yeah, yeah he did it I mean, at, like literally only at wrestlemania he was not doing pile drivers he did it a TV. few other times he literally did not do them on TV. He did them only oh, on paper. On Monday Night Ross. Okay, yeah. yeah. But he did them on pay-per-view. Back in the day, what I'm saying is like in 94, you were like, the pile yeah. driver was like a vertical suplex. Sure. Like people sure, were doing sure. it all the time. And I loved that move. So 
But what I'm saying is now it's not even allowed on pay-per-view unless it's a trusted person. Sean did do the pile driver to not just the Undertaker, but he would do it on the steel steps. Sean's thing was he would do it on the steel steps. Uh, there was only a handful of times, but Sean was allowed to do it. I don't I don't yeah. know if Sean told them he was going to do it. I doubt that he did. And then obviously you, you have the tombstone pile driver you know, by the undertaker and a little bit of from Kane that they were allowed to do it. But I say, man, I, I, I don't like it. It scares me. Every type of move, AJ's move or whatever it's called. I can't think of it right now. Styles clash. That scares me, man, especially Uh, thing. But, but here's the thing you could trust AJ because whenever he did it to, uh, little dweedle dumb, whatever the little, skinny dude whenever dude left his head up straight i'm sure people tweet maybe they'll know what i'm talking about it was very famous yeah yeah ellsworth you know what i'm talking about and then he saved him he said i mean that's scary man i don't like that i mean but but you made a good point i haven't thought about ever i'll give you credit what's the difference of these guys you're gonna let them jump off a ladder yeah jump like that's what i'm saying like i mean What's different like, what's, than that? What's the impact? Job. They're like, oh, you're dropping them on their head. Dude, if they have you between their thighs, you're getting dropped on your head from eight inches. Like, right. what do you mean? Like, plus, like, it's literally, if you have your hands in the right spots, all you have to, if you can do a push-up, all you got to do is just, on impact, just move your hands yeah. on their thighs and get your head out of the way. It's easy. It's but, easy. Like, But listen, man, a pile driver is what ended Stone Cold Steve Austin. A I mean, tombstone pile driver on his ass. A sit Ex- down completely. inverted. Yeah, sit yeah, down inverted. No one driver. has gotten hurt from from a Jerry Lawler pile driver. No, no, no. Pile he, driver. It was pile it driver. wasn't a tombstone. He yes, sat, it was. It was a sit down. He sat on his butt. I know, but he, it was in. That's what I'm saying. It was. It was inverted. Of him. Yeah, yeah, of him facing forward. Yeah, yeah. Him facing forward, but he didn't go on his knees. It was an inverted right. sit down pile driver. Yeah, yeah, I see but, what you're saying. Okay. But, I mean, I get but, but, he, he doesn't have okay, the but, okay. but if you're going to – okay, so if you're going to take a tombstone, you're, you're used to it being on the knees. So that's what you do. You wrap your arms around their their, their waist, and you okay. hold yourself against their back. So that way on impact you don't move. Down. And then you let go, and you just fall on your back. Right. So like, and he was – and then – But Steve Oldland, was ready for him to go on his knees. Right, if he right. had told Steve I'm going to my ass, Steve could have moved his head, his hands down to his down to his thighs and pushed his head up. Like oh, it's, man, it hurts me to even uh, – I hate that. God bless, I hate it too. Man. I hate it too. We're past it, but yeah. Oh, I hate that, back, man. Back, back I can't go – What yeah, did you, you think you, about uh, Double J and, and One, Two, Three Kid? And I used to call myself Cast the Kid. A little bit of that was because of King, King Riffey Jr. was the kid, and then a little bit of it was because of the One, Two, Three Kid. And I used to play baseball all my life, so that's where the – King Jr. thing came from, but when I played baseball, they called me the kid, and I used to think it was because of the one, two, three kid, not because of King Griffey Jr., the kid. So I was a huge mark for him. I love the underdog story. I still love underdog stories. I think one, two, three kid's story in the World Wrestling Federation on Monday Night Raw was one of the greatest things that has ever happened on Monday Night Raw. I don't think Monday Night Raw will ever top his feud with Razor Ramon and that underdog story that got every fan. People that weren't fans, I think if you can recreate that, which you can do because history repeats itself, and that's how every every type of art and and music and stuff is just doing something and doing it your own own way. So there's no reason 
WWE can't figure out how to redo that one, two, three kid story. But God, I love that one, two, three kid story. And then I also love Double J Jeff Jarrett because now looking back, when I was a kid, I used to hate Double J Jeff Jarrett, but I used to love to hate Double J. I love his theme song. I love the whole story that he had, and you know, mm-hmm. Bruce Bruce sings it all the time. Spin wow. my day, you know, all that. I love that. So a wow. lot of this, I even wrote that I had a little bit of a sway because of my nostalgia. Uh, I know I know Attitude Era was cooler than this era, but this was my era. I like this era more than any other era, and I realize that I'm probably crazy for that and one of the only people that is that thinks that the new generation era, and it's because I'm an HBK mark, and this is the era Sean's on top, but obviously not here Sean wasn't on top, but he becomes on top until the attitude era but this was my era i did think there was some good bumps man i thought uh the kid did a such a great job he did some front flip off the top ropes and missed and then hit the i mean it was a good match man like every match on this card it was very physical they were getting their shots in they were they were beating each other up and they made it no man they made it look real there was a surprise roll up for the whim I liked that. Then I liked the story aspect for the match and for the card of, like you said, Double J beats up one, two, three kid. That goes on to is 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 the kid going to be able to come back in this show and and make it? He you know he advances in the King of the Ring, but you know did Double J mess up his chance? Or in the back of your mind, oh snap! The, the kid could pull it off. The kid could get beat up by Double J and still win the whole thing. This could be amazing. How crazy, how cr- that could have happened. There was probably doubt in people's mind when they were watching this. All that's running through, even the marks at this time. You got everything running. I thought this match was one of the best matches of the show. It did a lot for the pay-per-view. It did a lot for the card. It did a lot for the story, the psychology of the whole card in general. I gave it a B plus. It was, uh, it was a highlight for the night for me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed one, two, three, kid, double J, Jeff Jarrett. I don't even know what is it. What is it compared? Does it compare to Ricochet versus Samoa Joe for the U.S. Championship? It is compared to Ricochet versus Samoa Joe for the U.S. Championship. Yeah. So I mean, what, what was your what was your actual what was your actual letter? B plus. B plus. B plus. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, see, Jeff Jarrett and Double J did not have, like, that white-hot heat that they talk about being the good thing. Double J had that brown heat with me, like, as Man. in the steam that comes off what I leave in the toilet, okay? after. Wow. Haters gonna hate, three, I guess, four. man. I mean, yeah. So let's jump back over to, uh, you know, the, the current day product, and we have Ricochet versus Samoa Joe for the WWE U.S. Championship. Um Man, Joe using the power dominance card early on, uh, I feel like really worked. Uh, you know, Joe's a seasoned vet in this match, and Ricochet is definitely the up-and-coming star. And I feel like that's kind of the story of this match. Uh, you know, Joe kind of like was very cocky about his dominance, as in like, you don't belong to be here. Uh, and I did feel like in the beginning, Ricochet had his timing just seemed a little bit off to me. Uh, just Just a little bit, like slightly in the cadence. Uh, he seemed to have like, it was just uh, like, honestly, it was like, it was like when you watch him do his moves, you can see that there's a a little bit of a stutter there in this match in the beginning to me, at least about halfway through, it kind of started to settle down and he really got into his, his rhythm and they did start to work a more 
slower, deliberate style. So it might have just been that Ricochet is just generally faster paced than Joe, and they had to kind of meet in the middle, and they were like just a little bit off in the beginning. I feel like that may have been the case. Um, but yeah, they did seem to settle in about midway through. And once that happened, man, this, this match really, really took off. Uh, I mean, they really played to Joe's strengths. Uh, and I, I felt like it was a perfect amount of time. Um, if it had started off a little bit stronger, it probably would have been a higher grade for me, but I thoroughly enjoyed the match. I mean, I thought they had some really cool spots in there. I felt like the six thirty was really good at the end that like the, the finish and, and a couple of the, the wind, there weren't even false finishes, but like spots that were like wind ups into finishes that didn't happen. I thought were really cool. Um, so I gave this match three stars, which would have been, you know, C plus to a B. Um, what did you think about Ricochet versus Samoa Joe? Well, let me tell you, you know, I've uh, said on on this show my thoughts of Ricochet. And and so far, my thoughts of Ricochet haven't been great. I don't like the fast-paced choreographed style. And I was ready for this young man to impress me. And that was just like you. I write notes as I go, and that was my first note. I'm ready for this young man to impress me because I thought that this match with Samoa Joe – uh, a, a man like Samoa Joe, this would be the perfect time and style of a match that he could impress me and he could slow the match down and he could, you know, using Samoa Joe with how good Samoa Joe is, have a really good match. So I was really looking forward, not to say that he hasn't been in the ring with some great people, but, you know, I just thought, man, this might be the, the perfect matchup for this young man. Uh, and he does do some. I mean, listen, his his drop kicks are beautiful. He gets he gets some height on him. He does the best drop kick I've seen in a long time. He does beautiful high spots where he gets this air and he jumps over. It was great. You, Samoa Joe, on the other hand, I think is a freak of nature and is so good and underrated. And I, I saw it in this match. I mean, Joe was very snug, but he had some great timing. It was like Joe never missed a beat. He always was in the right spot at the right time, especially with how big he is. I think you notice it more. It's impressive how just athletic and his timing. His timing was 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 spot on. And, and again, snug. He was very snug with his punches and his blows. Everything was, gr- was great. Um, a little crit- critique. I think I, I talked about this last time. What even, And now Ricochet, the tights, with the belt loops and the belt. What is up with that? Every guy with tights on the roster, from AJ to Rollins to Ricochet to the guys, the the Middle Eastern guys, I don't know their names. I mean, yeah, it's, it's 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 across the board, too. I mean, there's AEW, like three there's of them. I mean, yeah, Omega, Omega wears, like, pants with a belt. Man, I, I have a my, my best friend's a wrestler. He said that his person who sells him his tights uh was trying to sell i asked him about it and he said yeah they were trying to get me to buy him i was like what's up with that is that all they're making i don't understand so it's across the board that's they're they're pushing that it's it's very strange and it's just noticeable maybe i mean i don't i don't ever wear pants without a belt so i guess well yeah but i guess it make and that's what i'm saying maybe it's not maybe it's not maybe maybe it's just maybe it's just wrestling finally catching up with the times well, I doubt that. To me, it looks, <laughs> to me, it looks like they they all are starting to look like they're ripping off each other, and I'm noticing it. And I guess it's not bothering anybody else because they're all doing it. But I know if I was a wrestler and, and first, fifteen other guys, I saw doing it was Rollins. 
So that's my guy. Yeah, and Rollins just... or AJ. I don't know who's doing it first, but I think it was Rollins. I think Rollins has been oh, doing. I... Actually, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Rollins because I think AJ yeah. did switch to the to the tights because AJ was wearing like the shorts, like the almost like the the Billy Gunn shorts. Oh yeah, and a long time. TNA, ago. like for yeah. the most for the most of his career, and I think towards the end of TNA. When he, he got like that, yeah, and then, switched, that's when he switched to the belt. But I think, but, that was but like, I don't even. Uh, it may have been AJ first. It may have been AJ first. But, I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure. It may have been Kenny. It may have been Kenny first. Well, yeah, maybe. I will say this though, AJ was definitely wearing tights before that. I mean, he switched from those biker Dude, shorts to the tights, like but he, his tights didn't. This sounds like a question for our subscribers though. Yo, yeah, tweet yeah, us. Let us, know. let us know between now and the next show, and we'll let you know what the verdict is. Who was you doing it yeah. first? Who is wearing the tights? Because the they belt should be the only the ones doing it. I agree. I agree. It is a, it's done. a unique idea, but it, the, yeah. I agree they should be the only ones doing it. So, so tweet us at kfabe.com. Let us know who was the first person using tights with a belt, uh, and we'll we'll announce. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out on the next show. Yeah, that's like Sean. That's like everybody putting hearts on their pants after Sean. That's like, I mean, God, Ziggler, bless his heart. God, he's doing the Sean tights thing with the Sean boots thing and taps his foot. Come on, dog. What are you doing out here, man? This just takes away everything. The same. That's what that does every time I see somebody but else. Everybody. Come. I mean, he just he's the only one that can pull it off, in my opinion. He ain't I mean, pulling I feel it like off. He, he's he not pulling, pulling anything. Off, he's pulling the bumps off for sure. He ain't for sure. It. He's pulling, looking off, looking like a Mark who didn't really watch Sean is what he looks like to me because he ain't doing it right. Um, we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. We'll get there. We'll get there, and I'll get hot about it too. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> man, I like the match. I thought it was hard hitting. I thought it was way more slower paced than any. I feel like that's my theme for the night: slower paced. I keep saying that, uh, but I did think it was slower paced than anything I've ever seen Ricochet do. Um, and it's funny because I, I was critiquing this, and I wanted to tell you this. I'm pretty sure that Paul Levesque is listening to this podcast. I'm pretty sure, sure Vincent Vincent K. McMahon is listening to this because sure. my number one gripe in the last few shows was Ricochet is going way too fast. You need to slow it down. And what do you know? What happens next pay-per-view? Ricochet slows it down. I mean, they got to be listening to cast the kid lush. I mean, that's that's all I'm saying. I mean, pretty sure they're listening to the number one wrestling podcast out there. That's what, right. If I had to guess, because that's exactly what happened. Um, less is more. Save the spots, Ricochet, and you did it here. There was a lot of less is more is, is what I can – if I could put it all the way down to one little saying for Ricochet in this match, less is more. He didn't put it all out. He didn't do everything that he usually does. He didn't do all the crazy spots. It, it was It was great. He did do the 630, which is very impressive. For yeah. the win, Ricochet yeah. wins, and I thought it was a great win. It was like a, it was an old school Sean win. It was like a 94, 90. We're, we're comparing it to 94. It's like a 94, 95 Sean win. It really what it was. The the under, you know, the smaller baby face, but pulling it off with a high risk maneuver. It was beautiful. I loved it. I gave it a B plus, which I cannot believe. If you go back and listen to my thoughts on, I dogged Ricochet on one of these last episodes, and and then and not even in episodes, just in life, I've been really critical of Ricochet because I saw probably probably because I saw the potential. Like I said, he's got these beautiful drop kicks. He can do these high flying moves. Is I thought it, I just thought it was, or I know it was way too choreographed, and it wasn't to my liking. I thought he cut down the choreograph, 
to almost there was no nothing that looked choreographed in this match. And I think you got to give credit to Samoa Joe for that, because whenever he's one on one with another smaller guy that does the same thing, it starts looking very choreographed. This match was very slow, hard hitting. They were really, you know, putting in their shots. Then they were doing some high risk. Perfect. I think you keep putting just like you did with Sean in the 90s, put Sean against the monster, put Ricochet against the monster and Ricochet will go to the moon. I gave it a B plus. I was very impressed. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think either way, then we got to give the nod to the current product here. It's definitely yep. better than Double J versus the one, two, three kid. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't say enough good things about Samoa Joe versus Ricochet, honestly, but let's jump over uh, back to the nostalgia. And uh, this is where we're going to go and see Kevin. Na- Apparently this is the well, match. I'm Apparently- sorry. They both got B pluses. I'm sorry. On my end, they both oh, wow. got B pluses. One, two, three, so, kid. Uh, well, then Double let me know which, which one goes the edge for you. Samoa Joe. I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to agree with what you said. I, I think okay, because. Okay, yeah, yeah. You got to give them the nod. Yeah, Plus the title's gotta, on the line. Title's it's, on the line. Yeah. The improvements of, of Ricochet, I'm going to go there. I, I, but I, I did have to point out, I did give them both a B plus, but I will give the nod over to Ricochet. Well, let's go back over. What were you saying? 94, what do we got? Okay, so apparently this was the match that convinced Vince that Diesel was a main eventer, uh, which is absolutely wild to me, considering uh, I felt like this match was pretty hard to watch. Uh, I mean, Diesel is just super green here to me. I know he's, you know he's had time in WCW or whatever, but like on a main event level with a guy, a technician that can actually work like Bret Hart, I feel like he was... It, it, it is he wasn't there yet it, it was too much having sean and anvil out there too it was it, it took away a lot from the match having both those guys out by the ring uh but at the same time they're probably there just to get more of the crowd reaction since nash's work rate was not top notch at that point you know what i mean so they were probably there to cover up those spots uh you know where nash might have looked a little slower or whatever uh, and, you know, obviously keeping a crowd hot in 94 was easier. I don't care what anybody says. It was easier to keep a crowd hot in 94 because, again, they're watching it for entertainment. They're going there to yell and holler and be fun, be, you know, be loud. You know, they, they want to show it's not they're not there to critique a product like we're doing now. Stomp uh, your feet and clap your hands. You got the crowd going, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stomp your exactly. foot and exactly. clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 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 I mean I, at the same time man on the flip side of that coin Brett did his absolute damnedest to make this work and all of his stuff did look super crisp at this time in 1994 Bret Hart was the best wrestler in the business period in 1994 he was the best there's no way around it I mean no one can argue that in my opinion that changed very shortly after, not very long, just a few short years. But in 94, he was the best. Um, and man, like, obviously at the time, too, Kevin can't lead a match. Like, he couldn't lead you to a great match. Uh, but he did his part, too. So, I mean, you know, the match wasn't terrible. Um, what am I saying, dude? The match was terrible. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was way too long. It, it, it was way too long. Uh, it, it was the crowd. Honestly, it was crazy that the crowd was as hot as they were and the crowd was hot, but the match overall sucked. And like the DQ finish was so dumb to me. 
because of everything that happened that le- like how many t- like for that to be the DQ like that should have happened like two or three minutes into the match you know what I'm saying like it just it wasn't good in my opinion I gave this match one star so it's it was passable because of how hard Sean worked with Anvil on the outside and because of how much you know how Brett was pretty much trying to lead a blind man you know Kevin was just not there yet he got better he never got great but he got good he got to a point where he could have good matches but at this point in 1994 Kevin Nash was awful so I gave this match one star what did you think about Diesel versus Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart yeah 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 so ma'am right away there there's a way you can watch old wrestling when you're looking if diesel's hair is a little shorter a little more mullet a little more mullet and fluffy he's way too green and he's gonna suck if it's if it's a little longer and less mullety he's a little better so in this point it was a little it was fluffy and more mullety he was green as grass, and it yep. showed like a mofo, I'll tell you that. Right away, like you said, though, Brett was, was you know, very physical and, and going at it. Uh, but one of my early notes, God bless Gorilla Mo- I, di- I had to point this out. I can't. I, I've been waiting to point this out. I thought this was funny. So, you know, if you put somebody in a submission hold, and they're, this is getting just marky marked out technical if you get somebody in a submission hold like a figure four maybe and they're they lay down and their shoulders are on the mat the referee can count on one two three and the match is over they do it all the time now like that's just a thing yeah well poor gorilla monsoon man and he him and vince were both like this so brett puts diesel in the figure four and the referee starts pinning and gorilla monsoon i quote you said this isn't a pinning situation ref and like such a condescending way. Like he's so much smarter than the ref. And I just had to like, kind of take a moment. Like, no, it is though. It is a pinning situation (laughs) because diesel laid back and put his shoulders on the mat. And I mean, and they still, that's still a rule today. That's, that's always been a thing all the way back when it was, you know, Frank Gotch and George Hackenschmidt all the way to John Cena and CM Punk. And that's the thing though. Like, like, I mean, like, Luthez was wrestling when Gorilla Monsoon was wrestling. So it's right. not like he should have known that. Gorilla like, should not. And that's okay. Everybody has mistakes. Yeah, and of I'm, course. Of and course, don't, of course. you know what? I shouldn't even bring it up. But, you know, no, I got it. But that's why and this I, show I is great. Gorilla. Because yeah. we nitpick. And that's why you guys listen, because yeah. we nitpick, man. And you might have never even said it, okay? And that go back and this is gonna give you a reason to go back and watch Diesel and Sean versus Brett and Jim Neidhart because yeah. that happens very early. And if you're looking for it, it happens very early in the match. He gets him in a figure four. Diesel lays his shoulders on the mat, and that happens. Gorilla should not. But listen, Gorilla is one of my favorites of all time. Like you said, as soon as the this show started, and I heard Gorilla's voice. It made me. I mean, it was so nostalgia. It was like. Oh, this is cool because usually you don't hear you don't hear Gorilla unless it's like the Hogan Macho Man, uh, you know, Steamboat, uh, Ultimate Warrior days. So it's really cool to hear him commentate in a Shawn Michaels era match, even though Shawn was only on the outside. It was still during this new generation match. So you had that you had that old, even though Bobby Heenan wasn't there, you had that old school yeah. commentary style, and Macho Man was there when he's old. I mean, I love that, and I love Gorilla. He's actually one of my favorites favorite commentary men in of all time 
I just that was a funny little note I had to put in there. I did love the dynamic of Sean and Jim on the outside. Uh, you pointed that out. That added that added more to the match than a lot. Um, Brett, you know, Diesel was green and and messed up a lot, but Brett messed up a spot. And you know, I'm no, he didn't. It was I'm Kevin. That was gonna, Kevin. I'm always gonna know. Brett did a double jump off the top off the middle rope. He hesitated to jump and then jump. Because Kevin wasn't in the right spot. If you if you watch it, if you watch and what so the Montreal screw drop is Sean's fault? What are you talking about? It was Brett's fault. Just like everything out Brett's involved in. It's you, always Brett's oh fault. Oh my god. Oh, Listen to the <laughs> fanboy bark. It's been twenty years, man. Let it go, bro. Let it go. That They're friends friend. now. Well. Dude, uh, rumor has it they might actually be doing a podcast together, which would be phenomenal. Like, literally just talking about those two years. That would be about, so cool. Talk about peeing. Although, side note, did you ever see that documentary, Rivalry, where they sit with Jim Ross? Yes. Dude, well, it was this heavy. Is, here's my impression of the whole of the whole show. Sean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I probably said that. I was a real jerk back then. I'm really sorry. Um, Brett, um, you know, they said you did this. I never did that. Sean did it. Sean, what do you think about that? I don't remember doing that, but I probably did it. I was a real jerk. I'm sorry. Brett, what do you think about this? I never did that. Sean did it. Sean, what do you think? Uh, I'm sorry. I was a very bad man. I'm sorry. Hey, Brett, what do you think about this? I never did that. I mean, the whole show was just Brett putting it all on Sean and Sean was the better man and just shows Brett's a chump. Brett, come on. Let's just, let's move on. I'll say it again. Brett, how about that? Okay, so Brett messed up a spot because he's not the greatest of all time. And then, uh, but no, seriously, Kevin Nash, uh, Diesel was way, I was surprised how green he looked in this match. I was like, geez, Louise, this guy. Then it was boring and too long. I'm skipping along my notes because you said a lot of what I wanted to say. Um, It was way too long. It got, then it started getting very sloppy. It was sloppy because of Diesel. Uh, I got uh, in. I mean, he was he was helping this match so much. Uh, Brett's punches were great. At the end of the match, there was this spot where Brett just was punching him, and I joke. I was that was I was kid. I mean, I was part serious. What I was just saying about Brett, I, I really do believe some of that. <laughs> but but I do like I like Brett. I really do, and I like his in work in rings stuff and i was a big fan of him back in this era and his punches at the end of the match he had this segment i wish i could tell you um i can remember a more accurately when the part of the match was but it was closer to the end of the match he was throwing these punches that were so snug and good and i, I wrote down man brett's got some great punches uh and then my last couple notes were just kevin looked bad he looked tired he looked slow he looked sloppy he looked green i gave okay. it a c minus and I wrote in my C minus, not Brett's fault. So if you want to come at me about my Brett, he, my Brett uh, hate, I give this match a C minus, and I don't blame Brett. I do not blame Brett. But that one spot was Brett messing up. He, yeah, he, he I mean, but yeah, and I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like, I mean, as as a personality, like I kind of tend to, to to not be partial to Brett Hart. Like as a person, 
I, I agree. I think he's. I think he doesn't accept responsibility for anything bad that's ever happened in his life. And I feel like he's just an old, tired, bitter wrestler. And I feel like he's just angry about everything and nothing that e- e- nothing bad that ever happened to Bret Hart is his fault in his mind. Right. And I agree with Sean that. Sean is sure. a dick, though. Sean no, is for sure, a dick. totally, totally. But it was—he's the dick that would be kind of fun to have some beers with. Whereas I feel yeah. like Bret Hart's the kind of dick that would just cry and bitch and about his oh, day oh, all day. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. either way. But yeah, I mean, regardless of Bret's backstage, like you know, persona, like uh, you know, let's jump back over to 2019, and that's uh, let's talk about a backstage segment that we saw here right after that Ricochet match. And I enjoyed how they did this. They made it feel like right after the match. You know, you have Ricochet kind of doing his his you know his photo shoot with the belt, brand new belt, and the Bullet Club, the OG Bullet Club, uh, the the boys, the Good Brothers, and AJ. Um, they kind of make a little pop in there, and I thought it was cool because the way the the way the camera moved, it was like you saw you know him go to this photo shoot, and this little segment happens, and then you move straight into the next match. And I, so I felt like the writing and the backstage production for this mat for this whole show was really well done. Um, and then you had the the next match, which was Heavy Machinery versus Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Now I'm I'm gonna go ahead and take this one. Um, Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan are heels everywhere else in America, except for in Daniel Bryan's hometown. Why (laughs) in God's name would you make them act? This match really suffered because of where it was. If this match had been in Tucson, Arizona, or if this match had been in Dallas, Texas, or if this match had been in Chicago, Illinois... You would have gotten a completely different response. But because you had it in Tacoma, Washington, where Daniel Bryan currently still lives. Dude, like, what are you doing, man? Like, you got to think that Daniel Bryan is the top of the list, too, as well, to be the first guy out whenever his contract is up. He, He sees AEW going on a shine, and he hates being in WWE. It's not a secret. He feels like a prisoner there. He's been very public about saying that for years. He was just there because his wife was there and yada, yada, yada. One thing led to another. He signed another deal. Now he can wrestle again. And he's, I think he's got a year and a half maybe left on his deal. Dude, if AEW is like killing it in a year with regular TV, he is gone bye-bye and going to AEW for sure. So like, I feel like that's probably why they're dialing him back. And I feel like that's why they're going to make him a mid-carter for the rest of his contract. Um, Which I don't really blame the WWE for doing, but at the same time, seems kind of crappy. Again, dude, he was super over, though. And and I feel like putting this tag team of heavy machinery here, again, in any other city, they would have gotten that comedic, ha-ha, babyface pop. But because you're going against the hometown hero who's supposed to be the heel, you're going to get booed out of the arena. So you have this entire... This would have been a good match if it would have been comedy-based. Because both both these teams could have pulled off a comedy match. But it wasn't. They tried to make it a legit tag match. And it just didn't work. You know, even if it had been like the Usos because versus like Rowan and and Brian for the titles. The Usos could have flipped on the dime because they're great wrestlers and they could have just played the heel role in in that one town and saved the match. You know what I mean? Like they they could have just switched and been the heels just for this match and let Brian kind of be the babyface and ha- had 
have the match take a life of its own with the live crowd, which would have been a cool thing, but that's obviously not what we got. And we got some really random crap, like crowd chants, almost like very Chicago style, like drive a Prius, clap, 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 drive a Prius. Like this is, I don't know when that happens, Mm. when the crowd takes over, that means that what's in ring is just not good. So I gave the match one star. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't good to me. Uh, uh, yeah, one star. What did you think about Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Heavy Machinery? Uh, my first thought was, I, I think is, uh, I think applies to what you're saying was, you know, Daniel's risking his life with his concussion to be in a tag match, some no meaning tag match. You know, he's a tag champ, and this is what he came back for uh, to be some mid Carter. But then you think, hey, can't be on top the whole time. Uh, Bruce Pritchard has taught us anything, you know, you got to go away for a while and, and learn a new move. Uh, you know, you gotta, that's Jr. dude, that's Jr. Uh, go away, well, learn a new hold. I guess it's, I'm doing Bruce doing Jr. saying that, but he, and Bruce does talk about, you just can't be on top the whole time. You can't always be on top, but again, okay, that's, that's fine. Daniel can't be on top. He was just champion not too long ago, but does he have to be having championship belt? You're right. You're absolutely right. right. Yeah. So, but does he have to be having full-time matches like this? Does he have to become a tag? Why make him a tag champ? Why not give him a different? I would have, I would have said, why not TV for after mania? Yeah. Who's less than one years old. Like keep him off TV for a few months. Bring him back as a surprise at SummerSlam. I never lost my... Give Kofi a long run and then have an actual formidable opponent, like at a huge show. I agree. I agree. You have to keep them on TV. They're so good. WWE, especially now, is so good at keeping people on TV without actually having them have matches. Yeah, I agree. They could have done so much stuff. Why have... They're they're acting like he's some young buck, no pun intended, um, with that could have this full-time... Uh, thing why why that was my first thought he's risking his life already we know what concussions do i've actually been listening to some podcasts that have i i always thought you know this whole concussion thing wasn't that big of a deal but it where i'm at now it seems like it is actually a pretty big deal and a pretty serious it's It's a a pretty serious serious thing thing. so if if you weren't cleared for all that time you, you he tried for it felt like 10 years. I know it wasn't, but it felt like so long he couldn't get cleared. Finally gets cleared. He gets to go on top. That's great. But don't just, why is he having, why is he the tag champ? Why is he even, I don't know. It just felt like this was throwaway crap. This I was agree. stuff that nobody cared about. Obviously, his home crowd started doing random chants. Yeah, he was on top and he was the baby face, and that was cool because he's home. I'm sure they knew that that was going to happen, and they just said, whatever, screw it. But it didn't help Heavy Machinery. Um, I thought Heavy Machinery, this was my real first time seeing Heavy Machinery. I really liked the vertical suplex handoff. I thought that was a real interesting new thing I've never seen before. And uh, correct me. throwback too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the vertical suplex in general was a very, the bulldogs uh, Davey used boy, to do it. Davy boy. Yeah. yeah. Davey they, boy Smith. They, they, both, they used to do that. They both used to do oh, that. They did the handoff. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm very familiar with Davy boy just doing a single one. I never really watched, uh, both of them that much. I mean, I know dynamite kid is amazing and forgive me. I, I like, I like to think that I know old school wrestling, and so forgive me for not knowing that they did that. I did know Davy Boy did it in a singles role, so that's that makes sense that that he did the handoff thing. 
Well, I really like that they did it. It looked, you know, to me, it looked very creative, and that's great that they brought something back like that. And they did it. It made it look really good, and it was it was cool. I liked that. You know, the the crowd was all over the place. They were for Daniel and Daniel, but they didn't change Daniel Bryan, and and they didn't change what they were doing, even though they were baby faces and. Uh, you know, I, you know, Daniel Bryan got the surprise roll up for the pin. I gave it a C. I gave it a C. So kind of similar to you, I guess. I, I think you gave it a little less than that, but uh, oh, there yeah. was some there were some things in there that I, gave I did. It a D. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't was, into it at all. There were some things I liked. I was in a good mood maybe when I watched it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, was, honestly, uh, was, I, I, I gave so I gave both matches like I gave you know comparing Diesel and Bret Hart. To this match, I gave both matches one star. Um, so, but honestly, I mean, any match that has HBK and Bret Hart and you know Diesel and Anvil has to get a nod over Rowan yeah. and Heavy Machinery and Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Like, even if I rated yeah. that's the same, I gotta get at least push it back towards ninety four. So, I think I think we're on the same pace with 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 that one too, right? You, I think you gave that one to Bret and Diesel. Yeah, I'm gonna give that one to them to Brett and Diesel definitely. Okay, so yeah, moving on to back back to the next match in '94, and I, you know, we talked about this earlier. I was like, oh, if you just switch the guys up and you had Sean, or I mean, if you had uh, IRS versus Razor and Mabel versus Bam Bam, then it might have been a better match. And then we have, I totally forgot that we actually had Razor yeah. versus IRS next, and it wasn't good. It wasn't. I mean, it was it was it was better. It was better. It was better, but it wasn't good. So you're right. Like Rotunda at this point just wasn't. He was in the twilight of his career. He just wasn't really working r- well. Uh, and man, I mean, it, it, it started off hot. The brawl. The, the, okay, I'll say the beginning of the match was good. The brawl was was a hot start. It, it started off quick, but the rest of it got pretty hokey. And there was a lot of holds, like like a lot of holds and a lot of like rope breaks, which is just. It, it, that, that can't be entertaining for the crowd either. Like, it's just not a good thing. Um, so, like, I, I, I mean, I remember, like, when I was a kid getting super hot, like, when they had, like, their feet on the ropes, like, with, with the holds. Like, they're using their feet on the ropes to, like, get leverage or whatever. And the referee doesn't see it. And then he looks up and the feet are down or whatever. Like, and then the crowd boos and they're trying to talk to the referee. Like, it's just, it felt like, it felt really hokey, but I, at the same time, I tried to put myself back into like 10 year old self. And when I was a kid, I was sold. I got sold on it. Cause I thought it was all real. So I, of course I was super hot. Like, yo, IRS has his feet on the ropes. He needs to get DQ'd right now. Razor should go over right now. I'm 10 years old. I'm pissed. Like that's, that's how I was at the time. But as a grown man watching this back, it was pretty rough. Uh, the only good thing to me is that we got a clean finish. We got, we saw a clean razor's edge for the finish. So I gave it one and a half stars. I gave it an extra half a star just because I saw a clean Razor's Edge on this show. Uh, what did you think about IRS versus Razor Ramon? Maybe I love the Razor's Edge a little too much because I gave it a C. And it was because this match was not a bad little match. It's a C minus. It's a C minus. Yeah, one and a half yeah. stars. Minus. Yeah, maybe give it. Maybe throw the minus on there. And 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 let's cut this one short. Let's let's save some time. Mainly because you got to see a razor's edge for the one, two, three. Who doesn't love to see a razor's edge, man? And then the one, two, three was a clean finish. What better way? I mean, it was perfect time to do it, you know, in this King of the Ring. I I thought, hey, this wasn't a five-star match, but the purpose of the match and everything, definitely not a D or an F what they did. I mean, this this was this 
this was what this match was for. I mean, yeah, that's I'll, why I'll, I had I'll it. Say the match wasn't good, but this, the way it was written, the story for the show, what, right. the role this match played in the story was good. And I'll, the wrestlers and the wrestlers played their role. I agree. You know, they didn't steal the show, but I don't. But Razor Ramon, IRS, King of the Ring, in round two of the King of the Ring wasn't supposed to steal the show. You know what okay. I mean? So, yeah. What more can you give it than a? Yeah, no, I agree. A C, I agree. You know, I we're agree. both. I That's think fair. we're both on the same page. There. Well, I mean, dude, on the same token, on the same yeah. like, as far as like, maybe not the best, but maybe not the worst. Like, where do you actually judge it ranked on where it was booked in the show? Let's jump over to the 2019 show. It's Alexa Bliss versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Let's Championship. Do it. And and honestly, man, I felt like it was pretty good to see Alexa back in the ring. I know that her her whole career was in question. You know, we've been talking about the concussions thing with Daniel Bryan, and she was having concussion issues as well. So that's kind of like, uh, you know, it's a hot topic, and like it kind of makes you worry, you know, on that end, you know, if if everything is okay. And I know every human being is different, and CTE is such a hard thing to gauge because it's so different um, for everybody. But yeah, man, I mean. <laughs> Bailey really, really, really needs new music, like and, and and just different gear. Like new music and different gear would go a long way. She could wrestle the exact same way. She doesn't need a heel turn. I don't think she needs to be heel. Everyone's saying that she can keep being a baby face, but she needs to be different, just a little bit different. Like she's got to get away from that whole like preteen vibe. Like it's just crack one for the open working man, man. Crack, crack one, open one for, for the open man. There crack go. one for the open man. There you go. T-shirts along come. With, along with power driver and hashtag power IP. There you go. Uh, yeah, we got to bring that one back too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll get well, there. Well, I peed. Please. I peed earlier when you said Brett and Sean were talking about having a, a podcast together. Oh, there I might you go. Pee over that. Hashtag I'll pee over that. Yeah, the t-shirts are coming soon, folks. They're coming soon. Keep hitting They're that coming. subscribe button. But yeah, man. I mean, this match, like. Oh, and another thing, speaking of our past episodes that I've been harping on, dude, stop letting opponents have matching gear. Bring it in close for this for these people that, that are that are with us all the time. Bring it in. Stop letting opponents have matching gear. It's terrible. It annoys the hell out of me. It bothers Can me. Can I get an I amen? Say, dude, I will say as a grown man, I know this is gonna sound slightly sexist, but I, it's hard for me not to admire the females in the ring for everything that they do. I respect the hard work that they put in in the gym as well. And these ladies have the best booties in the business. I'm just going to go Ooh. ahead between the two of Bailey them. Bailey got that bubble. If you were just, you were just critiquing the, the, glutes, the glutes in the women's division, and I'm just being – I'm not being sexual here. I'm just talking about their hey. actual physique. I'll be it's sexual. Phenomenal. It's, it's phenomenal. I feel like it's solid work. They're putting in a solid – work in the gym okay and it's paying off i'm admiring that solid work that they're doing doing work but yeah, anyway both these ladies were were like doing a great job it was definitely a slower old school pace to me uh the big spots meant more because of it and they did them really well i i, I don't know if you noticed this but when they were working the arm she was working the right arm which i thought was kind of unique that was kind of like a play to the marks because generally it's always the left side left leg left arm whatever so i thought that was pretty cool uh the crowd seemed a little bit out of it but honestly, I just feel like it was mostly because they were drained because it was a hometown crowd for Daniel Bryan and they had all those silly chants and whatever. But the match itself was significantly better to me. I gave it three stars, uh, which would be a B, a C plus to a B, somewhere around in there. Um, man, what did you think about Bailey versus Alexa? This, th- yeah. Right, sorry, I wrote down one more thing. I did say, I was like, this, this match made me feel like this entire card was worth watching. This match. 
this match and, yep. the, and the triple threat, like, and we're about halfway through now. So like, that's, that's, that's pretty, I, I, what did you think about well, this match? Man, I think uh, not to be sexist and compare it to the other w- women's match. I thought that the, the Lacey Evans, Becky Lynch match was, was better. It just was better. Um, Man, Alexa, I hate to be this guy, but it's just so beautiful. I gotta say, uh, Bailey's beautiful herself as well. But man, I'm so bad. Alexa Bliss is. Uh, did I just say I'm so bad? I'm so glad Alexa Bliss is back. I just, uh, I can't help it. She's just, she's so good looking. It's she's not even very fair. attractive. She's a very attractive female. Not I mean, even there's fair. no way around it. But again, to compare it to the other FEMA match, I think, and I hate to just compare it to the FEMA match, but it's the only other FEMA match on the cards. They're females, they're females. Uh, I think the Becky Lynch Lacey Evans match was was a, was better than this one. This was not a bad match. I was very happy to see Alexa Bliss Matt uh, uh bleh, Alexa Bliss back. Not just because of her good looks. She is a very she should be proud of how beautiful she is. And Bailey should be proud of that butt she's got on her. Thank God. What? Send your hate tweets to misogynistcast at twitter.com. Um twitter.com. <laughs> I don't know how it works. Oh, is man, that how come it works? on. I'm Send your tweets to at kfabe.com. Yeah, he's terrible go. about this. Man, oh. I mean so I'm if, kidding. No. I mean, honestly, my, I, gave, I gave this match half a star more than I gave wow. the other match. That's great. I thought I this one it. felt. I, I thought this one felt long, uh, a little, a little too long. Not, not way too long, but it was a little too long. And I, I'm gonna be honest. Maybe it's just me. I got a little bored. I got but a little gotta, bored. In this okay, match. but I think we. Uh, but okay, either way. Where it, it is on the card. And compared to to 94 and the Razor IRS match. Man. Yeah. We gotta give the nod. So I feel like we're I feel like we're Wait. bouncing back and forth this whole match. Now that we're about a little over halfway through, we're pretty much even keeled here. Uh, and honestly, man, like I really enjoy both these cards. So I, I would highly in, in, you know encourage you guys if you haven't watched the new the newest special, if it's been a while for you and you just you're listening to this show because you're a nostalgia guy. Uh, you know, if you have the network, go ahead and check out Stomping Grounds. It was a pretty good show. Uh, and go ahead, obviously, for sure, and check out King of the Ring 1994, especially if you're wanting to feel that new generation nostalgia. This is the show to do it. Um, man, let's jump back over, though. What do, we, what do we have on the 94 side after Razor and IRS? We got the Rocket, Owen Hart versus the 123 Kid, two of my favorites of all time, and two of my favorites especially in this generation. Man, I loved the start of this match. You had a baseball slide. uh, Then you had a dive by Owen. uh, One, two, three kids selling. You know, he was being, he got beat up by Double J after Double J's match. It wasn't fair. The crowd's going for one, two, three kid. And even the marks out there have a little bit of, you know, they're overthinking things. Because when you're a mark, you're like, okay, well, one, two, three kid, he got beat up by Double J, but maybe he got beat up because that means he's going to beat Owen. And then, oh my God, it's going to be one, two, three kid versus Razor Ramon. And then their whole thing that they used to have, and it's going to be one, two, three, it's going to win it. My one, I could just see a mark in '94, and if you're an old mark, listen to this. Please write to me and say, Cass, you are right. You're a genius because I know I am. I know you were thinking it. I know you were thinking one, two, three, kid was gonna win this match after 
He was going to come overcome all the adversity of Double J beating him up to go and face Razor Ramon and then become the king of the ring, and it was going to be the greatest thing. But no, Owen Hart, the Rocket, stole it from 123Kid, and it was amazing. It was amazing. I loved it. Um, I love the top, uh, the the tap of the sharpshooter. Oh, you don't see that. You don't see that. Owen put in a tar- uh, the sharp. Blah. Owen put in the sharpshooter and he put it in. He locked it in so good. Yeah. You could see. It. Watch his it hands. Good. Like yeah. he put it in exactly how better than I. I'm better than Brett. I'm telling you, he did it better. No, than yeah. And then like I mean, yeah. When he did the classic thing, which I love. Owen Hart does after the referee taps him and says, you know, you know, your opponent taps Owen, obviously he's a heel. So he keeps it locked in, but he always raises up his left hand, raises it up, raises yeah. it up with a fist in the air. It's like the class. They should be a statue that people win every year, best heel. And it's Owen Hart yeah. with a sharpshooter with the hand raised because it's yeah. like, that's like one of those classic. When I think of Owen Hart, I think about that. When I think of the sharpshooter, I think of Owen Hart locking it in, He's got it. Putting under. his left hand up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. with that left hand up, shit, with the fist there, and he's just he's chanting, and, and then referee. I think it was Earl Hebner tells him you want it. It was so good. Uh, Owens uh, was so happy. It was great. I gave it a B. It was a short match, but a great match. I give it a B. How do you not give it a B? It's dude. Owen Hart and one, two, three, kid. I mean. I mean, what else do you say, dude? I mean, I mean, honestly, like, I mean. Yeah, we're at match seven here, and what else? Like, you nailed literally almost all of my notes. Like, such a great match. It was really good writing, like, leading up to that point, too. Like, making, uh, you know, Kid yeah. the underdog. So that way, like, when, when you have him tap out, it's like, oh, well, you know, he's already gotten beat up by Double J, too. And he's already, you know, 160 pounds or whatever it is. Like, right, right, uh, right. You know, so it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was really good. I gave it a B as well. Like, literally the same spot. Like, I gave it three stars. So, um, yeah, man. I mean... Yeah. Let's just let's just jump back over to 2019. I I, I mean, a solid B match from those those guys, but let's yeah, let's jump back over to 2019 and we had um we had Reigns Roman Reigns versus McIntyre. Yep. And go. uh <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, hot start with the brawling uh, and I felt I felt like it was a pretty good like a good matchup between those two guys at least. It was similar styles, similar builds. Um, I mean, they were outside the ring early, so I know that Cass is going to poo-poo on it, uh, <laughs> because Cass just, like, hates it when people go outside the ring. Like, he, that's just, like, the bane of his existence, the, apparently. The worst. <laughs> uh, and Shane is really involved in the match a lot, and honestly, I feel like that was a detracting factor. I, I feel like it didn't really help that much, and it, like, almost hurt it, really. I mean, I get that it makes sense story-wise, um, it just makes the match clunkier than it would have been, just, you know, one-on-one, straight up. Uh, but still, both guys can work, and I, I like the slower pace. I like that you know they they work a very main event, old school Triple H, you know WWE main event style match. Like they work a very, you know, early two thousands main event, ruthless aggression, John Cena, Triple H, JBL style matches, and and but I feel like they 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 pull it off well. It, it worked well, uh, you know, for for being as big as they are, they were really really fluid. Uh, and obviously they have really good chemistry together. Uh, I mean, McIntyre slinging like like he had his ankles over the top of his shoulders with his feet up, like you know. So like Roman Reigns is essentially like a backpack, but hanging with it face up, and he just slung him face first onto the announcer table, uh, and that was a cool thing. I hadn't seen that 
I don't think I've seen that before. If I have, it's not been in WWE or not been in this kind of situation. Um, and that was cool. And the, and the huge like superplex that was shortly after that was awesome. Um, you know, Reigns went over after a spear and over all the shenanigans with, with Shane. And, and you know, I, I gave it a little more once the commentary kind of confirmed that this was the end of the angle because I wanted this to be the end of this angle. Uh, now, later on in the show, we find out it's not the end of this damn angle. But at the time, I was like, oh, I'm going to rate this higher. So I'm actually going to take a half star back from this match because I gave it two and a half stars, uh, which would have been, you know, a C plus, C plus maybe to a B minus. Uh, but now I'm going to go ahead and take that half star away because they're going to keep going with the Shane and Roman Reigns thing. And that's honestly like the matches on this card were great, but nothing ended. It's like I feel like every big angle is just going to keep going. And that kind of sucks. Uh, but what, what, what did you think about Reigns versus McIntyre? Well, I thought it started off both men very fired up, very fired up. It felt like a fight. Um, I thought right away, Roman, you know, he did a dive over the top ropes to the outside. That looked really good. So, you know, there you go. They're fired up. It was a fight. Roman does the the dive over the top. It, it looked great. Um, and then I started having a feeling, you know, this, this whole thing with Roman, like what you're saying, this uh, keeps going on and on. So this is about Drew McIntyre is what I feel. I think this is Drew McIntyre. I feel like this is his test. I think he has the potential to be the next guy. I really do. I know his age is a little further up there. Um, he's already had a run in, in the WWE, and this is his second time around. I feel like this is the test for Drew. I feel like uh, this is Drew needs to prove himself right now with Roman Reigns and whoever else they put in front of him if he wants to be the next guy. And he really can be the next guy. Look at his look at him. Look at his physique, his work, everything about him now. How intense he is now. He's older. He's wiser. I think Drew McIntyre has the potential to be the next guy. I think this is the test. Okay? You have this match that then went on way too long. Then the crowd cheering, this is awful, which I hate. Crowds need to stop with that chant. If you're bored, go get some popcorn, go buy a t-shirt, quit chanting, this is awful. There's nothing worse than a crowd chanting this is awful. I'll say it again. If you're bored, if you don't like the match, go get some popcorn, go get a t-shirt, quit chanting this is awful. Okay? I agree. I agree. The match was way too long. I didn't like it. It was boring. I I mean, I was even writing really, and I underlined it, like really, question mark, underline, underline. I was bored as a mofo. But to sit there and chant, this is awful because you think you're a smart mark. You, you look like you're all idiots. I hate it. I, I, uh, you're like, you, you seem like just fat pigs who sit behind a keyboard and are scared to show their face. Those are all the people who are writing or who are chanting, this is awful. I, I There's nothing more than I hate about that. Even though this match was awful and boring. Go buy a t-shirt. Shut up. This is just, you're there. You know what I mean? I don't know. Sorry, I, I'm, 
if you're fat and you're behind a keyboard and you're listening to the show, thank you. I love you. You're great. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, and then, you know, I'm not surprised with the ending. You know, Roman Reigns always overcomes the odds. Um, I thought it was way too long again, and it was boring and way too slow. Um, back to my point, though, with this being Drew McIntyre's time to prove himself, I don't know what's going to come after this. I really think this was a test, and if this was the final test, I don't think he he passed. I don't know if it's his fault. I think, you know, Roman's never been... Roman's never proved himself in my book to steal the show. I mean, I've never seen Roman Reigns oh, do anything. Great matches, man. He's fantastic. Some really good matches. I feel like Brock Lesnar's best matches in WWE have been with Roman Reigns. I have. Um, that's, that's that's true. I'll agree with that. But so um, I mean, and Brock I can't work it, in my opinion. So no. Well, yeah, he's got he's he's got some good qualities though, and he brings some things but things. either so, but either way so in this, anyway in this comparison we've got to give the edge to owen hart and, and yeah the one, two, three, yeah i gave it a there's d. no way around I that gave, like i gave the yeah. match oh i hit my mic i gave the match a d i yeah. gave the match a d and it obviously goes to owen and yeah so anyway the w- what's the next match so the next what's, match in 1994 was uh you know your boy uh yeah. the way too out of shape Way too large Samoan, uh, Yokozuna, and the Terrible Crush versus oh the God. Head Shrinkers. Uh, man, dude. Okay, so here, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and dive in here, man. The OG Usos in here, man. Like the Head Shrinkers are the original Usos. They even work like the Usos, like almost down to the spots. Like no, the Usos work like the Head Shrinkers. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. You're right. Uh, but this was the best. This is the best shape of Rikishi's career. Like. Anytime he's ever been a wrestler, the head shrinkers was the best time ever. Uh, now, to counter that point, on the other side of the coin, you have Crush, who is absolute trash. He is literal drizzling gutter trash. Like, he's just not good. Uh, apparently, everyone in 1994 did a pile driver. So, at this point, I was kind of like, yeah, it was more of a transitional move. Maybe they just needed to, like, slow it down with how much they use it. But I still feel like they, we need to find a balance. Like, more people should be able to use a basic pile driver, in my opinion. Um, I forgot how good the head shrinkers were, though, man. Like, they, they were a really solid tag team. I mean, I felt like they, as a tag team, did a great job. Uh, I didn't need to see Luger at the end. I just I just don't need to ever see Luger. I don't I mean, I get why they booked it that way, but that doesn't mean I needed to see him or enjoyed seeing him, uh, especially doing a nostalgia review, which is what this is. This is the benefit of hindsight. That's why we do this podcast is to give you our perspective at the time, but also now because we are living in the now. So, yeah, I mean, it was just it wasn't good. Seeing Luger really took away from the match. Um it was an easy way for the head shrinkers to get the straps. And I just hate those kind of finishes on pay-per-views. Uh, but I didn't actually hate the match. I just hated the finish. So I want to say two stars for Yokozuna and crush versus the head shrinkers. What did you think? Yeah, man, I, I do want to touch base. I have a couple notes before this match started. I hate to jump back a little bit. I will touch base on the match. Uh, what the hell was that Piper interview? Did you see that oh, Piper God. interview? He's so where he's in the locker room? What, what, was he I feel like high? He was on drugs I, I honestly he do had, think he had was, to have been I think on he drugs. drugs. He I, he had to have been. I, I mean, I wish he was still alive to ask him. He had to have been out of his mind on some. I mean, I, there's no question. Let's just. See, I'm not. I'm not going to say it on the record, obviously, because I don't know. Dude was on drugs. But funny note here. I said I would say some things about Art Donovan. 
Art Donovan, this was about the third time a match would start and somebody would come out. So they've already, they've already, the Gorilla and Macho started ignoring Art. Watch this show. If any of you go back and watch the show, they start ignoring Art Donovan, and it's so hilarious and sad and annoying. You didn't notice that? Oh my god! Honestly, I noticed that he just started talking less. So I feel like maybe he just had someone in his ear, like just said, like lay out, lay out, lay out, lay out. I wrote. I wrote. So there was even a time after this one. So I'll tell you what he said here in a second. But there was a time after this one where he said it on camera, on camera. And I forget what the question is. I might have wrote it down, and I'll say it if if we go to it. But he he said something. I think he he because he kept asking about people's weight. He kept asking where people were from, and if this guy was a wrestler. Who's this? Is this guy a wrestler? Oh no no, I know what it was. I'm sorry. He said. So the camera went to the commentary team. This was later. This was after that. And yeah. art and art says that they're talking about the match that's about to happen. And art out of nowhere about the match that just happened before, so not even what they're talking about, says, whenever you two are wrestlers, did you act like that? And Gorilla and Macho Man look at each other, pause for a second, this is all on camera, go and watch it, and then say, yeah, and so the next match, and just ignore his question totally. And they kept doing that. They did it right here. Art, uh, Art kept saying, he kept asking, is this it? Is this it? So like Yoko's coming out. They say, and the next match. And you hear the announcer saying, and the next match. So you can tell Art's starting to feel like, oh my God, the the, the cards, the pay-per-view's still going. So Art, you can hear Art on commentary say, is this it? Is this it? Is this the last match? And at first he said it like one time before this. And Macho Man goes, like, oh no, brother, there's still a bunch more to go. It's the king of the ring. And this time they just don't say anything. They just totally ignore him. Or they cut his mic off and say, hey, brother, there's a bunch more matches. But he asks if this is it like two more times Ugh. after this. So Art was killing me. When I say Art was killing me, there were so many times where they were ignoring him. But this was one of the biggest ones I wrote stars. Him. So if you want to go back and look, it's after... Um, Owen Hart and One Two Three Kid. Whenever Yoko's music hits, Art Donovan asks if asks if this is it, and it just is like, oh my god. So that was like, I wish that I, I wish Art wasn't there for this pay per view because this was. I feel like this was such a good card. Such I a good agree, show. and I feel like Gorilla I, again. Like I just I don't understand the idea behind a three man booth. I just don't get why you would do it. Like and having somebody two people that- is enough. Two and people is plenty. Like yeah. you don't and need a third person. He wasn't prepped. He kept asking people's weight. He kept he asked if Sean was a wrestler. Yeah. He asked he asked why one two three kid was in the ring because he was so small. He asked. I mean, not only that. Weight. Like I mean, I mean certain certain teams can make it work. Like we talked about NXT twenty five and they had a three man booth and it was great. Yeah. But like, but that's few and far between, man. It's just so much easier when two people can talk. It's so much easier when one person. Knows what they're doing and and fills up the majority, yeah. and then you have someone else that commentates as color. That's what it's supposed to be. Perfect. Just that's it. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. And, but this this was totally different than this wasn't even a three man booth. This was a two man booth, and they had a special guest in Art Donovan from a yeah. different sport who literally knew nothing about the business. He just kept asking. He kept asking people's weight if they were a wrestler. But I swear to God, when he looked at them and said. 
did you guys act like this when you guys were wrestlers? They were done. Like, Gorilla Monsoon looked like he, if he had a knife, he would have stabbed him in the chest. He would have stabbed him in the chest. It was so funny, but sad at the same time. Back to the match. Pretty much dead on what you said, man. This is Yokozuna and Crush versus the Head Shrinkers. Yokozuna is one of my favorites of all time. I thought he was way too overweight here. Knowing what I know now, listening to um, you know some podcasts and watching documentaries, I know that they were having some uh, weight troubles with him. Uh, I, I, I was, um, I, I, I never noticed it before, but looking back now, I could tell he was definitely not in the same shape um, that I've seen him. Him, I've seen him in, in other matches. He definitely looked over overweight here. Uh, you know, like you said, Lex Luger comes out. I really didn't need that. I thought it was a sloppy finish. To wrap this up, I went I went on too much about Art Donovan, and you said enough about it. I gave it a D minus. I didn't think it was. It wasn't it, good, man. It just wasn't good. Didn't think. It was I mean, like, yeah. And so let's jump over to the match that we're like kind of cross comparing it to. And there was a nice little commercial for the Alexa Bliss special that came on after this. I haven't watched it yet, but I probably will. Uh, and they threw back to the. The pre-show, uh, which they don't ever do. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, but they don't ever do that. Like, they don't ever, th- on a main card, they, it's very rare that they'll throw back to the pre-show. They'll do it on, like, Mania and big shows when they have, like, multiple sure. matches on the pre-show. But, like, they just knew how damn good that Cruiserweight three-way was, and they threw back to it uh, to kind of fill up some space. And I, I to just to promote it, and they said, yo, if you didn't watch the pre-show, go back and watch this match. So you could tell that even while the show was going on, Vince was thinking, God Oh damn, pal! That was a hell of a match. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was like, "We we gotta promote that. We gotta we gotta make people go back and watch the pre-show. It was a damn good match, you know? Like, it, and and it was. It was a great match. So, I mean, they did a good match. They did a good thing there, like promoting that. And that brings us to the WWE Championship Cage match: mm. uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna let you take the reins on this one and go ahead and lead sure. us off. What do you think about Ziggler and Kofi in this steel cage matchup, brother? Man. I I like I like what the two of them are doing. I like this rivalry. Um, I love seeing a cage match, man. I love seeing a gimmick match. I, I you know I try to keep up with the product. Correct me, you know maybe somebody will say we just had a cage match, but I feel like it's been a little bit since I've seen a good cage match, especially for the, the world Miz title. Miz versus Shane. True, but this is for the world title. Let's no, just you're say right. That. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's t- been I mean, a, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while but, for a world title match. I'd say. That. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what I I guess that's what I mean. Yeah, it just felt like, you know, it's been a minute since I've seen kind of a main event cage match, I should say. And it felt good. I love seeing uh, the more gimmick matches like that, the better, especially on a pay-per-view like this. One of these, it's not a main line, it's not a SummerSlam, not a Survivor Series. It's, you know, it's uh it's stomping ground, you know. So it's perfect. What what better time to have the cage match? This is perfect. Um uh, Extreme Rules would have been better, but Well, you because, know it's Extreme Rules and that's kind of Yeah, what but I mean, I mean well, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That, but that makes more. I'm saying that's like a given. You're gonna have yeah. matches like that. I'm saying in a match like this or a, a pay per view like this is more of like a middle of the road pay per view. You can see in the storylines that they're doing. You know, it's kind of drawn out storylines. Right, right. You yeah. know, you're thinking they're none of these stories are gonna end right here. They're all gonna kind of progress forward. This isn't a pay per view that's gonna end all, be all pay per view. So I feel like in a cage match is historically the middle of the road of the rivalry, you know, you have a match and then 
you have a cage match, and then it's the last match after that is always something. I mean, back in the day, old school Ric Flair days, the middle match of the rivalry was always a cage match. So this is kind of that middle of the road pay per view. So perfect time for a cage match. It felt it felt perfect for this this old school pay, cage, and they had kind of an old school cage match. They weren't really trying to go over the top of the cage as much as I would have liked. Um, but um, my main thought was, I still can't believe Kofi's champ. Kofi's the champ. What the heck? It's like Kofi, I thought they would probably, once he became the champ, I thought maybe he'd be the champ for a month and they'd take it. I think I said that already the last two shows or whatever. But again, my note is, I can't believe Kofi's champ. That's awesome. Um, I love they're having this cage match. And then the finish where Kofi dives over Ziggler. There was some criticism on the door thing on a cage match. Man, I like the door in the cage match. That's old school, man. You can I pin, agree. You could pin in a cage match. You're allowed to pin in a cage match. Why not have the door? You, you, if you didn't have the door in a cage match, you wouldn't have the Freebirds versus the Von Erics, where they slam the door in the face. The, the door is, is another weapon. The door is more story. The door can create a whole other aspect to a rivalry, to the match, to a story. I don't think you should be able to pin in a cage match. I don't think you should be able to pin or have a submission. I think the only way should be to escape. I think Probably. it's way better that way. Probably, but and nobody ever really does do the pin. I think the pin is more for psychology for the match. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time a match actually ended in a pin, but I think it's I think it's there for a reason. It's, a, it's there for the, the way to to kind of move things and, and have, you know what I mean. But Kofi did something I've never seen before where he jumped through the ropes, kind of did a frog splash type uh, uh, gimmick through the ropes and just uh, belly planted. I don't know what you call it, but he just kind of planted right there, splashed through the ropes. I've never seen that. Uh, I liked it a lot. I gave the match a C plus. There was um, some times in it. I, 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 let's just say this. I'll wrap it up. They could have used the cage a lot more. They could have done. They could have done a lot more with the cage. They could have made it a lot more entertaining, and they didn't. I gave it a C plus. Probably should with Kofi Kingston and Dolph. Probably should have been an A when you have the cage um, to your advantage. I think that they they failed in a lot of areas, but I still give it a C plus. Uh, yeah, I'm going to poo-poo on all of that. I thought this match was fantastic. I thought they did a great job of using the cage, actually. Uh, I mean, I'm on the Kofi train, but honestly, I feel like Dolph has been killing it with his promo game on this entire angle. Uh, and I honestly hope he gets a run on top. I know it's a pipe dream, uh, but still, I think he deserves it, and I think that he would be a great heel champion. Um, I think it would make sense, if you, especially if, you're ne- if you have no plans to break up the New Day, then he is the guy you should give the rub to. Because uh, he could benefit from this title run. And a lot of people are obviously already critiquing Kofi as a champion. Um, but man, I mean... Uh, I've always been a big supporter of both the guys. Uh, and, and cage matches are tough for me, generally. Because I honestly don't like the way the camera angles have to be a lot of times. I feel like I'm not like really invested. Because it's always behind the cage. And then when I feel like they are... In, when the camera is inside the cage... Again, because I'm a critiquing Mark, I'm like, I'm thinking like, dude, there's a guy, like if I'm there sitting there live, there's a guy in all black with a camera inside the ring as they're wrestling, like (laughs) that can't, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, 
so it's like it's 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 a it's a bit like I feel like cage matches are a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like I, that's why I kind of like Hell in a Cell matches with the outside wrapped in. It makes more sense to have two guys with cameras inside inside the Hell in a Cell. It makes sense. Like cages them being like super tight on the ropes. I, it's just a hard sell for me. But I get I, honestly, I d- literally feel the opposite of everything Castro said. I feel like they <laughs> did a really good job of using the cage and making it feel like it meant something. It, it was a much slower paced match. It was very main event style. I, I just poo pooed on their last their last match because I, I said it felt like every other match they had in 2009. But this was the opposite. I felt like this match was great, and I felt like they didn't they didn't have to make it hardcore. They just wrestled and used the cage to add drama which is the way it should be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, honestly, I felt like a little color would have been great in this match, but like, that's just not where we are in the WWE. And that is what it is. But I feel like if honestly, if, if Kofi would have gotten a little bloody and then making a, made a comeback and then finished the exact same way, it would have been a completely different review from you. I think, I think, I think most people would have, would have been way more emotionally invested if they had just grinded Kofi's face in the mat. And all of a sudden he pulls up and there's some color, like, I feel like that would have really added to the match a lot. Um, but I, I do feel like they did a pretty good job. I mean, with the past two matches, I feel like storyline-wise, Dolph Ziggler still has a gripe. He still has yet to be pinned cleanly without the New Day helping him. One, two, three in the middle of the ring. So, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes because I gave this match a B uh, to a B plus. Almost. I gave it three and a half stars. So, like... I mean that's that's a pretty solid rating. It's a solid B at least, at least a C plus to a B. So I I really enjoyed the match, man. But I mean if we're comparing it back, you know, to the 1994 show, I feel like we gotta lean. We gotta you know comparing it to Yoko Crush versus the Head Shrinkers, we gotta lean towards this match, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I okay. Agree. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Well, that's gonna but that's gonna bounce us back over to the nostalgia show, and yeah. we're gonna lead off. With the winner of the King of the Ring, the finals for the King of the Ring, and that is Razor Ramon versus Owen mm. Hart. Uh, man, this match was really good. I, I felt like the solid. I was so hyped just seeing the entrances and knowing that these were the two guys that were going to be in the finals. Uh, solid chain work to open. Uh, the rest holds even were in the right spots, and that's another thing that I feel like Owen Hart has down that a lot of people have to learn. Like rest holds are important. Like, you shouldn't just lay on the mat and let the crowd cheer because you did a big high spot. Like, dude, grab a hold and, like, let it milk for a minute. Let them bring them back down so you can bring them back up. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like those rest holds being used dramatically definitely need to be put back into the current product. Hell yeah. And Owen was killing it here. Uh, Now, I will say, during this time, rest holds were not used well. They were a a lot of the times boring. I've already talked about that. But but Owen, it's again, it's a fine art. Owen did it really well. Uh, steady back and forth throughout the whole match. Anvil coming out for the interference, I enjoyed with hindsight, knowing that they were about to come become a tag team that does a lot, kind of like leading up to the Attitude Era. I was hyped. I was like, oh, this is where it happens. This is where this is where Jim Neidhart starts going with Owen instead of Brett. Like, because th- I, I, I never, I didn't get to see this pay per view. I was ten. My parents didn't buy a pay per view for a ten year old, so I didn't get to see this at the time. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is where this storyline happened, and that made me really hyped. But I ended up giving the match two and a half stars. It was a good length. It wasn't crazy, uh, but it was a great match. Honestly, I felt like Owen's match before with Tatanka was the best match on the card. But to me, this match was pretty good. I gave it two and a half stars. 
I give it a C plus to a B. C plus to a B. What did you think about Razor Ramon versus Owen Hart? I thought it was a beautiful short match. I do need to touch on Art Donovan one more time. One <laughs> okay. more Take it away. Time. Honestly, Jeez. I'm glad you had those notes because I just ignore that shit. Oh, I don't. But see, that thing about me is I used to think I used to think my name was the Almanac, and I thought I was gonna be. I, th- I thought I was going to be a play-by-play announcer. I thought I was an XJR. I thought I could, you know, just call everything, and I wanted to know. I, I thought I was at one point for, like, a couple of years anyway. So I pay attention to commentary still. I love commentary, and I think commentary adds a lot to the show, and I, I know you'll agree. A commentary goes a long way. But I, w- I, was, I was listening heavily right here, and he, the whole show was talking about how Razor Ramon was his guy. Razor Ramon was his guy. All show, listen to Art. Watch the show from start to finish. Art Donovan's talking about Razor Ramon is his guy to win this tournament. The second this match starts, it's almost like Art realizes either somebody in his ear or somebody says that Owen's going to win. And Art very obnoxiously, very gives it away the finish. He he says so they even throw it to him. Art, what, you know, what do you think? Razor's your guy and he goes, "Oh no, Razor's not my guy anymore. I think Owen's going to win it." And Gorilla's like Gorilla and Macho get quiet and they're like, "What? What brother, you've been you've been saying Razor's going to win it the whole time. What, what do you mean? Why would you want Owen? No, you know, they're Owen's the bad guy. Why would you want Owen? You know, why did you all send her Oh, I don't know. I just have this feeling. I have this feeling. Uh, Owen's going to win it. It's like he totally, for commentary purposes, it's like, dude, you're giving away the finish. Owen's winning, and you're turning around. You've been calling Razor the whole time, and then you're yeah, saying that, Owen's That gonna... didn't affect me at all, just because I felt like oh, he'd, been affect... a bumbling, he'd been a bumbling buffoon all night long. Oh, and honestly, like, I, so I, like, I didn't, it didn't affect me at all. Uh, that affected me heavily, not for the match rating. It just affected me in my hatred towards Art Donovan. Yeah. That's what it affected. So what about the my... match, though, overall? Okay, so my match overall, I thought they looked tired in a good way because, you know, they've been wrestling this whole um, uh, series, this whole tournament. I thought that was great. So they had a great match. You know, Jim comes out. He helps Owen. I like that turn. Owen wins. I gave it a B plus. Oh wow. Plus. Okay, yeah. So so if we're comparing that against if we're comparing that against the uh, the cage match, I mean, where where are you at with that then? Uh, so I, I got to go like... Owen Razor. I got to go oh, Owen Razor. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, you go I, Owen I'll, Razor. I'll screw this whole thing up. I'll screw this whole thing up right now. Owen Razor. Hands down that was better than that cage match. Okay, well, okay. Honestly, I mean, it it kind of works out, I'd say, because you know jumping back over to to, to the the 2019 card, we have the last match of the night, and you know they had done a really great job. They did a fantastic job writing and building up this entire hype for the special guest referee. Like everyone was, su- I was super pumped for it. Um, I mean, I even said like if anyone can carry Corbin, it's Rollins, and I'm super hyped for this because I feel like if they get a genuine interest in the special guest referee, it's going to be dope. And honestly, I thought because I saw Paul Heyman there earlier, I figured they were just going to put Brock out there as the referee, which would have been phenomenal. Um, but That's they, what they were hoping you would think. 
Yeah, that's yeah. I know, I know. That's what they were hoping for, and they they sold me because that's not what they gave me. And the crowd took a big old shit on this match. So um, yeah, this was Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins with Lacey Evans. Wah 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 as the special guest referee in this WWE Universal Championship match. And I, I got to say this again. I've said it every show we've talked about in these these current shows with Baron Corbin, but this whole, like, local heat with the... And the local town's favorite son, Baron Corbin. Like, I mean, it's kind of a running joke, but it just... I know it gets a boo every time, but again, I feel like it's poo-poo heat. I feel like it's brown heat, and Vince thinks it's white heat. Like, he thinks it's great stuff, but it's terrible. Um, <laughs> God yeah, he thinks it's it, awesome man. because the crowd is booing, but that's not... It's 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 brown heat, Vince. It's not white heat. It's not good. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I guess that's the point, but it, it's just not good at all. L- Lacey Evans as the ref is a huge letdown. I mean, every I feel like there's no way around that. Everyone's really bummed. Uh, and honestly, it, it doesn't get any better from here. Uh, the crowd really hated it, and they just tried to take over the entire match. And I hate it when crowds do that. But I'm not going to poo-poo on the crowd because, honestly, this is this is poor booking. To, to lead up to this, to, like this being your main thing for this show, for a show that it's kind of floundering, you know, this is a sleeper show for us because it was pretty good on paper. Right? I mean, it was pretty good as far as in-ring work. Uh, but, you know, like the only reason why this was even a show to begin with was because of this angle. The, this specific like universal title angle was the main was the main thing here. And it just it, it came across really, really bad. Uh I mean, ha- having Evans out here just means that it's going to lead to a mixed tag match, and that's that sucks. Like, I mean, uh, you know, that, and that's the thing to me, too. It's like you're already setting me up to be disappointed for the next pay-per-view, and that's the worst possible spot for you to be in as the WWE. Like, I feel like it was just – it, was, it wasn't good. The fact that, you know, it went from no count out to no DQ, and they did that whole, like – Attitude Era style thing that Pat Patterson did as a special guest referee. It was just, it was not good. It was a crap finish. Uh, you know, Rollins goes over with a stomp from another referee. And then, of course, they already announced that we're going to have a mixed tag match and have a Becky come out there. I hated this, man. I gave it a half a star just because Seth Rollins is my favorite wrestler right now. But I thought this was absolute trash. What did you think about this main event for Stopping Grounds? Man, you pretty much nailed it. I don't know what more I can say. You know, I hated the crowd doing what they did, you know, taking over the match. But like you said, the booking, what, what, uh, stuff like this frustrates me with, with the WWE. And I can't believe they would even have this happen. And it's completely their fault. I don't think you can put fault on Seth Rollins. Obviously, he's a great performer. And, and Baron Corbin, you know, I don't, I still don't know how I feel about him. Uh, I, 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 he hasn't impressed me that much, but I don't think you can put the the heat on them. I, I think it's all about the booking. Like you said, man, you, you really – there's nothing more to say. There's really nothing more to say. Yeah, it, it was, was pretty predictable. Poor. Everything was predictable um, after – you know, up, Lacey came out, and then after that it felt very predictable. Obviously, I didn't know Lacey was going to be the guest – but after that, match-wise, very predictable. I give it a D. 
I give it a D. I mean, yeah, it was half star. Yeah, D minus for me too. But honestly, let, let's jump back over to '94, and we're gonna cover the last match here. Yeah. Uh, it was it was Jerry the King Lawler versus Rowdy Roddy Piper, and wow. honestly, man, like this was even worse. This was a worse match, if that's even possible. This was a terror. Yeah. This was quite possibly, quite possibly, the worst match we've ever covered ever on Maybe. this show. Uh, outside of maybe some of the Divas matches from the Attitude area, uh, I would say that this is, as far as like, as far as main event talents like Roddy Piper and Jerry Lawler, uh, this has got to be the worst. I ended up giving this, I mean, like having having the skinny like having the skinny guy that mocked Roddy Piper in Jerry Lawler's segment come out with with Piper. Like he wasn't paid to be there for Jerry. It, it it was it was so mind blowingly stupid that it, it was, and he was like involved a lot in the match, and that was so bad. Like, and he was so he was obviously not a wrestling guy. He's clearly like a a, a drama yeah. guy that like yeah. is just soaking up every ounce of 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 spotlight you give him. It was just it was really bad. It was tacky. It was cheesy. It was trash. Yeah. I gave this match negative two stars. Like. Really bad. Worst match that we've covered, I think. Like, uh, so, I mean, so so looking at all yeah. that, you know, what, what did you think about the match? Yeah, you said it, man. Unbelievable. I, d- wrap it up, man. Unbelievable. F. I mean, what? It, it, I, I don't even want to give that. Uh, I don't even want to give it the time of day to talk about. That was an F. Well, I mean, it's sad. Too, it's I mean, great, I feel like. The, for, all right. Show. So so I, I don't want to discourage any of our listeners. Like if you have get a chance, please go watch King of the Ring 94. But you know what? Turn it off after Owen wins. You don't want to watch that last yeah. match. If you, I just don't think... the, if you cut the last match off the show, it's, it might have won in my point of view. But in my kayfabe comparison and in, in this episode wrap up for me. I definitely gave the edge to Stomping Ground with the pre-show. Again, not like not a phenomenal show, but uh, you know, having zero hype coming into this and the writing leading up, it's almost the same type thing where the, where the main event was the worst part, but everything else on the Stomping Ground show was better in my opinion overall. I got great nostalgia feels from the '94 show, and that's awesome. But overall, as a as a in-ring product that didn't make me want to look at my phone, Stomping Grounds was better in my opinion. What did you think? I think I think we're gonna have to go at it. I think we're gonna have to come at this with a draw. I think King of the Ring '94 was hands down the better show. Maybe uh, okay. stop it. Maybe maybe stop it before that Piper match. I think that was. Uh, but you had the Piper match, which was worse. Even it with was it was worse than the Rollins and Corbin match. It, it was. was. It was. But I think oh, all together, I didn't like the pre-show match. My, my favorite. I you didn't did like it. it. You did like it. You gave, gave it like a, a B or C. I gave it a C. I gave it. I mean, I didn't. I didn't, didn't hate it. It wasn't a negative star okay. match. I liked it. I liked it. I didn't love it. Is what I should say. What I did love was Lacey you gotta and give Becky. You got to give the edge. You know, to I love Lacey and Becky. I, get, I love Lacey and Becky. I gave that an A. Um, there was a lot of things that I liked about Stomping Ground. Uh, I will say I gave I gave the pre-show match a passing grade, but there was too much that was good of King of the Ring '94 with Owen Hart and all that. Owen Hart becoming a king. If I that had was great to, to see, yeah, I love I, that. If, I, if you gave me both shows and said you'll have to 
which show do you want to rewatch the most? I'm going to go 94 King of the Ring. I'm going I'm saying we can be opposite. We don't have to agree every yeah, show. You're right. you're I'm right. going 94 King of the Ring. If I had to pick a show to rewatch, I'm going uh, hands down, I'm going 94 King of the Ring and I'm just not going to watch that Piper crap. Well, that's ladies it. and gentlemen, that's probably going to wrap up our kayfabe comparison here. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we like this honestly, I feel like we went a little long on the show because we had a week off and we were eager to get back at you guys. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Fear not, because we have content on content coming for you. We've got at least the next five weeks of shows just lined up. Bam, bam, bam. You will be able to download. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. Thank you for being here and tell your friends. I'm going to go ahead and run down what we have. This is Thursday. This is June the 27th, and we are obviously just brought to you uh, WWE Summit Grounds versus 1994's WWF King of the Ring. Let us know what you thought about the show. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at kfabecom, K-A-Y-F-A-B-E-C-O-M. Tweet us. Uh, you know, we have some questions here for you, so let us know your answers there. Uh, now, next week, next Thursday, I don't know if you know this, and maybe uh, cast can cue the music, uh, but it is Independence Day. It is July the 4th, and we will bring you an episode on Independence Day. And you want to know why you want to hear this episode? Because it's the first ever internet special from the brand new company, AEW, Fighter Fest. And what we decided is we're going to compare it to the first ever live special that was actually aired on the network. It wasn't a pay-per-view. It wasn't WrestleMania. It was NXT 2014, five years ago. It was NXT Arrival. It was their first special before the takeover started happening. NXT Arrival, we saw Bo Dallas from the B team versus Adrian Neville in a ladder match for the NXT title. We're going to see at Fighter Fest, we got, we've got some awesome matches there. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Hangman Page. It's going to be amazing. I'm super pumped about it. Uh, we've got, we've got uh, Young Bucks. We've got the Lucha Bros. Everyone's going to be on that show. It's going to be amazing. Uh, the week after that, we're going to bring you a bonus episode on July 11th. It's going to be ECW's One Night Stand 2005 versus WWF's One Night Only 1997. And then the week after that, mark this down in your calendars. It'll be the first time that Kayfabe Comparisons compares two current product shows. It is 2019's WWE Extreme Rules versus AEW's Fight for the Fallen. I am so pumped for that one. So, so pumped. Then right after that, the last week of July, filling out the month, is our next bonus episode and coming back off of two current era current era products we're going to fill you in with two nostalgia shows it's 1999's wwf fully loaded versus a way throwback 1989 wcw great american bash yo Cass, we have got a full month of great content for our subscribers and our listeners what do you think man what did you think about this episode and moving forward how hype are you bro I am so hyped, I can't even comprehend it. I can't wait to watch the throwback shows, to watch the new shows, AEW. I'm excited. This is some new stuff. Things are going to change in the wrestling world with AEW. Yeah, things, are, things are going to change. It's just, this yeah, is amazing. Man. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get out of here. 
Thank you guys for listening. This was fun. Sorry for the long episode, but not sorry because this was a great episode. Enjoy Talking it, about baby. the nostalgia. You got it. It's Cast the Kid, the KG Cast the Kid, Daniel John Safer. Sh- oh, Safer. I said it. <laughs> Safe. That's a shirt. There you go. Safer. Here we go. We're keeping it in there. Daniel John Safer. Let's get out of here. I'm tired. Dude, I'm worn out. We'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs> Peace.